0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash sheducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello, all. Sheducer. Why did Shaducer. I say like that? You always say skosh, sh-ducer.
1: so I think I'm just trying
0: to do that. Mm. Okay. Also, I just think I got a dumb fat tongue that doesn't know where to go anymore. It's oh, you're like fine. we're gonna have
1: to make a new shirt for that. The producer slash shoe deucer. Was yeah. it
0: shoe Anyways, that's the pure one, Tim Geddes. Hi, let Tim host. Pride of Long Island, Call Moriarty. Huh. That's it. <laughs> Hoot. Hup, hoot, All right, it was like a hut, like a, Hup, you know, a sports hut. And then over here, the man, the myth, the legend, Gary Witter.
2: Hello, Gary. Hello, Hello yeah. There
0: we go. Thank you for coming. I'm glad. To, I'm very glad. To be I'm glad right. the
2: restraining order from
0: when I touched your knee on Up at Noon has expired.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Literally yesterday. So finally, we're yeah. Be now. Let's not <laughs> keep go, your hands to yourself. <laughs> let's not go right back there. Yeah. No. It's, right it's back amazing to it. how many people remember that moment. Like when I said I was going on the show today, I got like, yeah. So many tweets going. Oh, don't let him touch your knee. Like it became this thing. Yeah. Mm. It,
0: well, it, it became a meme right away. I remember it was, it was right. Memed. Yeah. Right onto the Reddit. That was a big deal. It was those viral. Were, those were the very early days of Up at Noon. People didn't know what to make of that show, and it was also. That was when we did the debut trailer for The Walking Dead, wasn't it? The Telltale game? Yeah, the first time I came
2: on, yeah. I think I had, I had brought the trailer with yeah. me. And um, that was
0: like one of the biggest epi- up, 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 up at noon episodes we ever did. Yeah, it was huge. Because we lied to everybody and said, you're going to get to see the gameplay for the first time. <laughs> and there was like two seconds in the trailer of gameplay. And I'm like, hey, that's true. Really that counts. Lie. Count yeah. it. What are you going to do, internet? Gary. Yes, I love you. I'm glad you're here. Thank
2: you for coming in. Uh, thank you. I want presence. to support your uh, your new venture here. I'm oh, thank very you. excited about what you guys are doing.
0: Oh, we we, we are too. It's going pretty well so far. Yeah. I'm so probably far, so I imagine
2: good. I I feel like, you know, you've had Veronica Belmont and Flecia Danfield. I feel like I'm actually your least auspicious guest. No, now, no. no we had no, Sean Finnegan, so... We, that's true. That was
0: a no long time ago. Uh, no, to, if people for some reason miss that up and don't know who you are. You, so much. Uh, you used to work in the video game industry like us. You're a video game journalist like us.
2: Yeah, since 1988. I started oh, back in like the, the just at the time like the 8-bit world was transitioning into the 16-bit world. Right, you were breaking Genesis was, stories. No, I, well, I, growing up in the UK, it was more about the Commodore 64 oh, right. and the Amiga for me. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely in that kind of Sega Mega Drive, of course, nah. uh, era, uh, and then went on to edit PC Gamer and did that for a while. That's what brought me to the US. And I was yeah, a video game journalist for about 12 years, from 88 to around 2000, something like then that. Then you
0: realize there's no money in that. You abandon ship. You just decide on a whim one weekend, on a cocktail napkin, you write this screenplay for the book of Eli. Takes off. Denzel Washington's next to you. Sees the screenplay, and Is like, I'm in. You that, seem like a good guy.
2: That is a somewhat truncated version of it. <laughs> but but you've got you've got the basic gist of it. And yeah. that was and that was it.
0: And then you're off to the races. You got After Earth. Then you're doing the standalone Star Wars. You wrote that script,
2: that first draft.
0: Yes. And then now you have this book, Abomination. There it is. Yes.
2: Okay. Uh, it's kind of almost kind of pointless showing that because that's not anything like what the actual cover of the book will be <laughs> like. a cool cover, that? <laughs> um, but but I appreciate you doing that. Like you've already, I, I love the fact that you have got like the talk show host jeans. I like, did it for a long time. Gary. You know to plug the book. You know to hold up the product. Yeah. You, you. I mean, you know, can't
0: say the name of the guy I say every week, but I I got the book plugs <laughs> down In that's your defense,
3: this is the first time you screwed it up. That and when we were really tired at Kevin Smith's house. I screwed it up. Then. I just
0: put it in reverse order. I mean, that doesn't, that, that's not a technical Is the problem. movie called
3: Hard Die? No, it's Man, Die it's Hard, so Greg. Perfect. You got to get it right.
0: Uh, we're going to bug you about your entire career, Gary. But Abomination right now, it, it, it's, it, you wrote this book. Yes. It's up on inkshares.com right ink now. Inkshares.com
2: is where you can go order it right now.
0: And that's like, it's like Kickstarter. It's, it's a little, like it's a
2: picture. It's a little bit like Kickstarter for books in okay. that people can go to that website, you know, whether you be a, a reader or an author. If you've got an idea for a book. Uh, you can put up a proposal on the website, much like you do with Kickstarter. Yeah. And you say, this is the book that I want to write or have written. Um, and people can decide if they want to read that book, and if so, much like with Kickstarter, you can you can back it and say, yeah, okay. With 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 uh, Inkshares, it's a little simpler. You just decide I will order this book, and okay. I, I, I'm uh, a little bit cheap. I'll get an ebook, that's fine, or maybe I'll buy a hardcover version, or maybe I want to get the super luxury version where you actually get your name in the book. But there's different you know little mm. sure. packages tiers and stuff. And if you hit your again exactly like Kickstarter, they have a, a goal, and if you hit your crowdfunding goal. Uh, then Inkshares will print and publish and distribute the book. So um, you know it's 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 another tier I think in this whole wave of whether it be Kickstarter or Indiegogo or Patreon. You know people yeah. are just able to kind of get rid of the, the the gatekeepers that usually stand between people that make things mm-hmm. and people that want to read and watch and listen to things are kind of going away because in this internet age you now you can just talk directly to an audience. And say, would you like to read this? And they can say. Yes or no, and we had an incredible um, story with Abomination. In that we put it up on the site uh, yesterday, and typically, you know, Inkshares has a forty-five day window for the book to fund. Yeah, and we funded in twenty hours. Yeah, so the book will now. um, We're already now going into the process of it will go through a final copy editing phase, and we'll do an actual cover. So are uh, you?
0: Are you like their? Are you their golden prince? Are you their Lady Gaga? Like are you like the fashion? Yes, in person?
2: fact, it's in, it was written into my contract that they have to refer to me as the Golden Prince. I <laughs> <The golden laughs> won't have it any other way. Um, That's your name on this show from now so, on. So uh, the that. book <laughs> is. I want to read the intro. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden Prince, Gary. Gary will. Golden prince. I will finish my plug very quickly. The book is no, now. Please, no. The book is now fully funded, but you can still go and get it. And I'm going to uh, sign. God knows why I agreed to do this. One thousand additional Holy copies. Jesus. And then those copies go away. Okay, be a long weekend. Um, but if you, if you go to inkshares.com and uh, somewhere on the front page there, you'll find Abomination. And if you like stories about uh, monsters and Vikings and magic and sex and death and war, you hmm. will probably enjoy this book.
3: I like that third to last one. Right, no, which which
2: was the third to last, either sex or war. I mean either's fine. <laughs> I was going
3: I was making a sex joke, but I was going to go Vikings. I actually man. just love love Vikings. Vikings. Man, that
0: was that was a dangerous high five because I, right I was into I my did Oh, so I wrote good.
2: a little I wrote a little kind of I, I put together a little kind of cinematic teaser poster for the book that was like all the things like it said kind of this like magic, war, sex, Vikings, but and, and people saw that like they are like wait, this book has magic, sex, Vikings. I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. that. And go, oh shit! I should have written that book. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the next book will just be called Magic Sex Vikings. Yeah, would not read say, that?
3: Is it too late to change the title? Right I'm gonna. Now? I'm.
2: I'm thinking about it. I'm considering <laughs> it. Just put a little. Just put a little subtitle on it. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. First, sex in, first Vikings. in the Magic Sex Vikings series. Oh, like that so would just good. be the overarching. Yeah. That's awesome.
3: I could see that on HBO. I, I think Magic HBO.
2: Well, well that
1: sounds like a Twilight type thing. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to. insult Gary Wood. No, no. I'm. I'm saying in terms of hit
2: potential. In terms
1: of you can get the movie series there. You can write the movies. Make a lot of money. This sounds like a good deal. I'm considering it. And okay. the great thing
2: about putting it on HBO is you wouldn't have to tone down the sex or the Vikings. Now you can just have you all tone of it. them it. Yeah. The magic yeah. though,
1: up. the magic might be a little toned. Well,
3: about. you got to start at low on the magic yeah, protocol, so exactly. you and get my wife to watch. And then right around the end, put a dragon in it. Yeah, throw give her the have sex. a naked give girl her the with a dragon buzzing around her, like born on her, and you're gonna go.
0: All yeah. right, enough of that. <laughs> enough of that, Gary. You're gonna sign this.
2: Oh, okay, So yeah, so I brought this copy. This is what they call an advanced reader copy. This uh-huh. is not what will actually be. In the shops, uh, but what they do is they print a very limited number of, of copies that uh, are sent out to you know reviewers and other what they call influencers, like people they want to read the book and like it and try and help. Is this what get you said,
0: Naomi Kyle, to get her quote on Inkshares? Yeah, so Na-
2: Naomi has one of these. Uh, Felicia Day and many of the people that very kindly read the book and liked it and had nice things to say were all actually quite instrumental in the fact that um, you know it, it funded so quickly. I literally got a, so I have to thank Felicia personally because she wrote a very nice thing about the book and tweeted it out yesterday and five minutes later my publisher was texting me going what just happened because the traffic on the website just went through the roof and there's not like five times as many people as before ordering yeah. the book and that's the power of felicia day yeah yeah we know it yeah
0: we know it well mm-hmm. i like that felicia day so um sleep.
2: what i have here is like i said this is advanced reader copy which is great because it oh yeah, still has all the typos and things in it because it hasn't been properly proofread yet sure i mean it has a little bit but it has to go through a proper proofread pass um, like it has the incorrect, I used some Latin in the book and I used Google Translate for the Latin. Nope, which that's not how you do Don't it. do that. Don't. There's a writer <laughs> tip because the Latin is wrong and someone who read it who was a Latin scholar said you might want to, it wasn't way off, I just had like the incorrect. Yo,
0: all this says ten, is dogs and, have legs.
2: Yes, it was not, it wasn't the kind of thing where you say it and someone slaps you in the face, but right. like it was wrong. So those things were fixed and I think there's literally only a hundred of these get made, so I'll sign that. And you can put it on eBay. Do whatever you want. No, we're going (laughs) to
0: give it away to you, one of you viewers. Sorry, not you listeners. You have to go to the YouTube page. Go to the first breakout of this week's Game Over, Greggy Show, the episode you should be watching right now, and then leave in the comments, hashtag (laughs) TouchMyKneeGary. Hashtag (laughs) TouchMyKneeGary.
2: And then, go do you the just, that, and then, then I'll this, go through and randomly you just pick, pick one, one. random, no, like go, a lottery. Going. Yeah. All right, great. He's not even going to mention the I'm not going to bring up the fact, up fact that I just went
0: through puberty <laughs> on this show. It, it happens. Happens. We're waiting
3: for your voice to drop for you. It happens.
0: Colin and I have been making out for a long time. Now I got his cold. It's all mm. up in here. We I cried know, all probably. yesterday for Beyond. Everything's horrible. Yesterday, oh,
4: yesterday was a. was f- a shit show, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. It was good though. It was. Speaking of good things in books, Gregway, it's time to talk about, we have a new sponsor. We do have a new sponsor. It's Audible.com, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to Audible.com slash Kind of Funny right now to support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice. Uh, the annotations are happening right now. The link's in the description if you missed it. And we are going to recommend our first book, guys. Mm. We needed to pick one to be our recommendation for Audible.com slash Kind of Funny. Gary's book not on Audible.com yet because it's not out yet. Yeah, that's we'll right. About one
2: that. day. It will be sure. an audiobook. At some point, okay. just not yet. I may insist on doing it myself. Like, you know, the narration. You have a good mm-hmm. voice for that. You should but like, yeah.
0: you know, I, I can do a pretty good British accent.
2: No, but we...
0: <laughs> oh, abomination! By Gary Witter, I do say! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, okay. Fair enough, you've sold me.
2: <laughs> that, was, that was actually uncanny.
0: The book we're going to recommend is getting recommended twice for a reason. The first, re- It's called The First Notch.
2: Mm.
0: We're recommending it for number one. Is it about Notch? No, that'd be, that'd be helpful. That would have been a very good one.
2: It is not. They, okay. missed, they stole this title from Notch. There could be an opportunity there, though. Yeah. To do, like, the Notch movie. Like, the, like you know, the same way they did the social network or whatever. You could do the, the story of Notch. Am I totally messing up you your promo? No, you not at all. Shut up,
0: Gary. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> no, yeah, trust me. This you're whole this show is just a... Imagine just a garbage truck on fire rolling down the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's every episode of the Game <laughs> of the Show. So it's called The First Notch. The First Notch is the one we're recommending. It's one, number one, because it's written by R.A. Salvatore. Now, he should mean something to you for one of two reasons. Number one, he killed Chewbacca with a moon mm. in the Star Wars canon that became uncanon. I <laughs> got blinked out of existence. Yeah, that, that was great. Happens. Also, Colin, why? Why? Also, what's number two? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. He wrote. He was working with Thirty Eight Studios. He was the guy who was crafting the entire story. Oh, the entire I, lore. I
4: went to a. Uh, that's true. I went to a New York Comic Con panel with him a yep. long time ago, and yeah, he was yeah. there. I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was the first time I. My I first totally forgot about the lore
4: of what kingdom of, of, Mama of, Mama of Mama Reckoning, Mama oh, and then God,
0: the MMO God. Copernicus or whatever. Yeah, it was Project, going to
4: Copernicus. Be. Project Copernicus. Project Copernicus. Oh wow, that's that's I knew I knew that name from some like totally niche nerdy thing, and that was. Well, sort of I, like. I think the Chewbacca
0: thing
2: too. He's one of those guys who's yeah. written like a million fantasy books. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, and very well known name in fantasy literature.
0: So that was number one A and B. The s- second reason we're choosing this one is that it is narrated by one Felicia Day, mm. who's a friend of the Game Over Greggy show. She, Gary a, seems to know her too. Personal, I'm intrigued. Many talents. Many talents. I, think, I, I, I may
2: go to audible. slash kind of funny and get. My copy of that book. You can get any book there. One, anything. It like, doesn't have to be that one. Yeah, anything. Like you get Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, sure. going to say we should get Fifty Shades of Grey
3: because we're going to. Yeah, stay we, we don't oh, have we time for, night it night. for it. We will The have book time. is like it's got it's like two hundred. It's got pictures in it. I, I hear. It does it? I don't know. That no, no, no it it. I don't think yeah. this. I definitely this don't. Is, There's uh, diagrams We should make the picture book version. We should like a kids book. Look for our Inkshares.com I don't know if that would sell Fifty
0: Shades of Grey illustrated. The illustrated kids book. Wait. It's not gonna be a kids' book. Definitely like get
3: that idea out of there. Being a kids' book. Please, Please get that out of there. That's that, not happening. At no point do we need
0: to have a kids' book. Part we can't of it.
3: do a kids' book. Nick. Yes.
0: Oh well, I didn't even do that. I didn't even do the whole thing.
3: You got to keep going.
0: If you didn't, know, ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is the Game Over, Greggy Show, each and every week. Four, sometimes best. Five. <laughs>
1: Damn. It's a this long table. week.
0: Four, sometimes five. Best friends gather on this table. He's bringing a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, make sure you pick up the episode. Ear. I'm really off. What is wrong with me, Well, Gary? you got to. What it's did like you do I'm not,
2: I'm not seeing anything that's not normal. <laughs> Complete and total dysfunctionality. This is so classic early. Miller.
0: Each and every Friday on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, along with a number of other services where you give us money. But if you don't want to give us money, no big deal. The episode posts topic by topic, day by day, free on youtube.com slash kindoffunny, before we post the entire thing on the following Friday as an mp3 and a video.
4: Nick, no, go to bed. You Greg.
0: got through it. What's the, I, I, I get to go to bed? Go to sleep. You've just you've just dismissed You're me. You're tired. I am very You're very tired.
4: Family, very I'm different. tired too. Nick.
3: Yes. What's your topic? My topic generally comes from Twitter, from our lovely audience. But today I'm going to be a little selfish because Gary, we we have you on the show. We have actually talked about you a lot on this show, especially really? in regards. Yeah, yeah. We actually. All my ears
2: were burning. A lot. Every all good stuff. Unlike like when afternoon. we talk about Greg behind his back.
3: <laughs> Usually when we talk about Greg, it's just. How you know about us? You know, it's funny how it's it.
2: always all about Greg, isn't it? it? Have you noticed that? Don't get on. I always. actually wanted to ask you. About, it is always about Greg. So over here, so the the, the show the, this show is called the Game Over, Game over show, Greg right? Show, right? Yeah. There's there's four of you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. five. You know, around the table. <laughs> right. Like I often like. Was there a discussion there? Because I often feel like this is kind of like the moment in. Like I always think about this. Like when they created like Bon Jovi. Mm, like when yeah. that was just a bunch of guys mm. in a, in a garage playing and wanting to be a rock band. And they're trying to come up with a name of the band. And John Bon Jovi says, you know what we should call the band? Bon Jovi. Right. Doesn't like everyone else in the band go, fuck off. Like why is it named after you? So we like we, and I so I wonder if there's a similar like there's a bunch of guys here, but it's oh it's the it's the game over Greggy show. It's yeah. all about Greg. But what do you got, Colin? I see or the you're loading re- something up. You know what we should call it? The Dave Matthews band. <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the the real it,
4: so we you know we wanted to do a podcast and I came up with the idea the format for this podcast which was like supposed to be topical originally the show was designed that we wouldn't know what the, everyone else was was saying and like so the the topic you we were bringing to the show wasn't vetted at all eventually early on we were like we should probably right before the show tell ourselves what what the topics are so that we. Uh, know what the hell going on? Yeah, uh, but the column inf- would
0: come in and be like, "Hey, there's this breaking news. I'm sure you've all read. None of us had read it. Yeah. He would just talk for ten minutes. But and go, the, all right.
4: But, the, but that's the real insult, Greg. Is that you know the format was something I invented, and you could have called it the Column Moriarty Show or the or the No Taxation Show. But it's all It's always got to always be, gotta be about Greg. We wanted to everything's about Greg. It's always about Greg. <laughs> now, Game, so it's the Game Over Greggy Show.
3: We did win one small battle. The channel used to be called youtube.com forward slash Game Over Greggy. We got him to relent that. Right. That's where kind of funny came from because it was basically like when you think about Greg Miller, he's kind, kind of, funny. of funny. He's kind of funny. Yeah. And he was kind of tall. Right. Kind of skinny. Kind of skinny. Very, actually very skinny now because yeah, he, he quit, as everyone knows, it's very documented. It's the same he quit thing team with Dave Matthews
0: Band and with Bon Jovi is that there has to be somebody who is the spark that brings the eyes. And that's That you. makes the women cry. And mm-hmm. that's me in this scenario. These guys were a bunch you do of. You make the women cry. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? what? These guys were a bunch of little coconut balls floating around, and I was the maple syrup, man. I'll tell you what. When I came back from VidCon and I saw us <laughs> new you YouTube saying? stuff, all these guys were stuck in there. Like, you remember the Apple commercial where she throws the hammer through the screen? I was the woman throwing the hammer, and these idiots were just sitting around computer
1: terminals like this. Wow. <laughs> I, agree with that one I don't even know what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> lost with all this, but.
4: Can you explain it again? I was just kind of like. like make, I was just syrup. like
2: kind of making fun. Of it a little bit. I had no idea you were going to lean into it to the degree oh, that you did. Uh, we'll we lean with, into everything this is in <laughs> a this deep show. rabbit hole that yeah. we've gone down. Wow. Uh, let me, we all love each other. The me name of the show back. works,
3: though. The name of the show works. Yeah. Um, we are fortunate enough to have you on the show. You are a man of many talents, obviously. And one of the cool things is, is every time I come in contact with you, I learn... You, you teach me something whether or not you know it. First time we met was at... We did a 24-hour live stream for Haiti Relief. Um, I remember that, yeah. Disaster relief for At Haiti. IGN. IG was the old offices, too. It was yeah, the old, old you offices. You came in and you were a champion there. Shout out to um, Dana
0: and Nicole. They brought them in for the podcast. That's right. Which is the um, name of it escapes me. Was it a podcast or was it just Green Pixels at the time? I don't recall. I think it was Dana and Jungle Pixels. Ward, Nicole Tanner, they're the other ones that brought Which in. was awesome. Wait,
2: was that before they had Girl Fight? I, I think they, it was like before Girlfight. Later right. did Girl Fight, right? Right right, okay.
3: right, 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 Yeah, the time is a little sure. hazy, I'm but you make sense. Don't worry about it. But you said something really cool that kind of stuck with me. As a writer, you said. You know, you kind of walked through the process, and we can go into that a little bit. But you said, you know, I, I wanted to write. I've always wanted to write. I've always been a writer. Obviously, you wrote for various publications, and then you had, well, I don't know if it's an opportunity, but you had a break in between, you know, publications. And you're like, I'm going to write. I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to, I'm going to write. And you found that you had to write well over. I think the de- number you said was seven screenplays before you actually had something. And this is paraphrasing what you said was that wasn't shit. Um, that was that, that was.
2: You told
0: me that cocktail napkin story in Denzel Washington.
2: No, you keep telling that to yourself. And I, <laughs> and, I keep, and I keep telling you every time, like I just did 10 minutes ago. That's not what happened. But it does never seems to get through. It is an interesting... I mean, it's a fun version of the story, though.
3: Greg likes to believe what he likes to believe. We let, yeah. we let him go play in the corner with the little uh, Lincoln Logs. Uh, no, so I just... I mean, there's not really a specific topic other than you, you obviously write feature films, and that is very, very, very cool. What is sort of your process now? What's changed from... When you first started out, when you first got the Book of Eli off the ground and you were working with that crew versus now, is the process
2: still similar?
0: I, how did you even break into any of this? That's what I. I, yeah, I I've always there's always been that. that missing link for me. Uh, like I, know,
2: o- I, I often say that you know I grew up as a kid loving mostly video games and movies. Like I wasn't a very outdoorsy kid. I was. No. you're old. in good company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling the vibe right yeah. now. I was <laughs> <laughs> kind of pasty, okay. wizened. <laughs> 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 you notice
3: on the camera, I have to cook in a little bit more skin tone, so we all look tan. Otherwise, uh, I
2: noticed that I actually look really good there. That's yeah, like, good. A that's a little
3: bit. That's a little bit. It's not exactly what it's going to look like. This is.
2: I may ask you whatever whatever it is you're doing here i may ask you to give me the setting so i can do this at home perfect because like i haven't looked this good though. in a long time um, <laughs> um in the mirror is just a horror show um <laughs> to kind of my world so like i said yeah i grew up i wasn't i was kind of the wimpy kind of a swatty nerdy kid at school and like got bullied a fair bit and not you know i just wasn't like the athletic i always picked last at, at you know sports and stuff and but i love to write and i love to doodle and Love to play video games and watch movies. And, you know, as was one of the kids that my mother was always saying, why don't you go outside and play? And I'm like, oh, I'm drawing my zombie comics. And that's just what I like to do. And I hated school. Hated it. I couldn't wait to get out. Uh, partly because, you know, I had a, I got picked on. I had a tough time at school because I was kind of like, I, A, I was really skinny. Uh, and B, I was kind of a a, a, a a wise ass. Like, I talked my way into a lot of fights. Mm. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> way to avoid them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's and yeah, and
2: you can talk your way out of them as well, but I talk my way into, into my fair share. Um, and uh, I love to write and I hated school, but the only subject I ever really enjoyed was English. And I liked to write and I liked to read. And, you know, it's, at that point in your life, something is telling you that's probably, you know, where vocationally you should mm-hmm. go, like do something mm-hmm. that you enjoy and might also be good at. Um, and so I left school at, uh 15 i couldn't wait to get out and at that point I, I i tried i played video games all the time the idea of writing movies seemed just like very far away like yeah, a very sure. remote prospect because you know hollywood and all that is just seemed like another world entirely mm-hmm. uh whereas the world of um creating video games back in the 80s uh was literally like one guy in his bedroom could do it um there's a great uh, documentary about this just came out recently called uh, from bedrooms to billions which is about the explosion of kind of the UK indie video game scene in the 1980s uh, and how it used to be the kind of auteur creators that have now come back around with the kind of the, the, the rise of indie gaming again. Um, but I thought, okay, I could I could do that. Uh, and I bought a book on machine code, like Assembly language, and I'm like, I can't do this. My, <laughs> not, my brain is not wired to, to anything like mathematical or logical. I can't do that. I'm much more right brain. I'm good with, like, words and imagination and, like, weird things, but, like, not anything... Um, scientific, and so like I'm never going to be a video games programmer, uh, but maybe I could write about it. I'm not reading a lot of the great video game magazines of the, of the 1980s in the UK, like Zap 64 and Crash magazine, and I wanted to be—I could be one of those guys. I could just criticize other people's work. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's much easier. Perfect, <laughs> <Easy>. <laughs> um, And so I literally sat with a typewriter and just like bashed out a bunch of kind of mock game reviews and put them in an envelope. This all sounds so so archaic now, but like wrote a bunch of video game reviews on, you know, my typewriter and put them in a nice little envelope and sent them off to various magazines. And I got a job reviewing games for uh, Commodore User Magazine in 1988. And that was the first job that I ever had. Um, and I kind of got taken under the, under the wing of like a couple of veteran journalists there who were very nice to me and taught me a lot of things about games and writing. And I kind of learned from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the idea of writing movies kind of went away because, wow, this is actually great. I've got a right. job for a, for a 16-year-old kid having a job working on a video games magazine was just awesome, like that was a dream come true. And that ended up turning into a a whole career. I worked on various different magazines and ended up becoming the editor of PC Gamer magazine. And then they launched the American version of that in 1996 and I came out here to America to kind of just look after it for a little Mm. bit. Um, And originally it was supposed to be a year, but I fell in love with the Bay Area and I wanted to stay here. And then I started to think, wait, I'm that much closer now. Like now Hollywood isn't so far it's only a little drive away. Um, I mean, you know, Kind of technically is still very far away, but sure. geographically it was that much closer. Sure, sure, it became a um, reality. And so I started writing the screenplays, and um, uh, as, as, as you said, I mentioned this before. I just wrote a ton of them. Right. I'm, I I don't learn well from like reading books or being told how to do things. I'm very much more kind of autodidactic and like just do a bunch of it until you either realize you can't do it or you start to get good at it. And right. so I wrote a ton of scripts, and each one was. I still have the very first script I ever wrote. It's cringe when I read it. So so bad. <laughs> Um, but then each one is you kind of apply the lessons learned from the last one, and each one got slightly better until I eventually had one that I wouldn't be terribly embarrassed to show someone.
3: So how did you know that? Because that's a really hard thing for a writer, right? Like a, uh, I forget maybe it was a uh, I forget what movie it was, but uh, there's a there's a famous quote from a movie. This is like a, oh it was I'm sorry that movie it was Californication, that which was a show that I liked and was obviously about a writer. It was a very Hollywood eyes writer, but he turns in a manuscript and, and his agent goes, "Is it any good?" And he goes, "How the hell should I know?" I don't know if, it's, if this is good or not. How do you know, or when, when do you try get that confidence level where you're like, I'm going to now submit this to which well, that I assume point, agencies. That,
2: that point, point. about Cal- the, the Californication made is actually very well observed. I think that's something that dogs all writers, and it's actually a very, it's, it's kind of a, tw- I mean, you know, it, I think writing is kind of like a, you know, it, it attracts damaged and twisted personalities. I think all creative pursuits to some extent do, like Greg here.
3: Yeah, uh, God, he's so, if you even knew the half of it. I mean, every time Uh, I walk in. Everybody picked
0: on me. Whose name is on the side? Motherfuckers. I can't tell you how many
3: times I walk into this house and he's not, he's just wearing
2: a shirt. That's it. And you're like, Greg, we talked about this. My
0: creative energy comes from being
3: pantsless. (laughs) It's so disgusting.
2: But it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very weird kind of the inverted way in which the psychology of that works in that if you, um, write something and feel very insecure about it and think, oh my God, this is terrible. It's no good. It's horrible. People are going to hate it. You might actually be onto something. Because uh, all great writers feel that way. It doesn't matter how good you are. You all you. I, I discovered this. I, other writers that I've spoken to all have the same thing. No matter how accomplished they. Are. I've spoken to Oscar winning writers who will say to me, like every time I open a new document to write a new screenplay, I think this is the one where they find out that I've been a fraud all along. I just got lucky. Um, <laughs> right, right, and it's and that's place. a very and that's very very common. Um, and, but I think that's the instinct that keeps you honest is like, as long as you keep thinking the work's not good enough, you'll keep trying to make it better, better when matter. I've spoken at like writing conventions and gone to screenwriting conferences and things like that. And people come up and say, I've written a script and it's the best script ever. It's fantastic. All I need to do is find an agent. I'm secretly thinking your script probably sucks mm-hmm. and you're never going to make it as a writer because having the attitude that your script is already perfect.
0: Some guy at home watching this like, no. The first, time, <laughs> the, the, first, the first time
2: you get notes, you're going to fall apart. Because right. I'm, tra- I'm telling you, I guarantee you, your script is 99% chance it's got serious issues and you're not going to take criticism well. So it's weird. Like The, the less confident you are in your work, the, the, the better the chances there might actually be something there because it's only the writers that are constantly beating themselves up and telling themselves it's not good enough that might it's only through that process that you actually create something decent but if you if you're right oh this is easy this writing is doddle. anyone can do this probably not great stuff that you're creating that's that's my been my experience
3: interesting so do you when you write do you what is your process because i know a lot of people have different things like some people like to do an outline some people like to just jump right into it and see where they where they wind up oftentimes when I, I've, I've noticed that when i do anything like that i wind up on like page two and then i just give up um what how many drafts do you write before you actually want to show it to someone?
2: Um, it really depends on on the project. So with the outlining thing, I kind of went back and forth. These days what I do is I I, I do just enough of an outline to know where I want roughly the story to go. Like for the Book of Eli, it was a one-page outline. Really? And it was just literally just like 10 story beats. Because that was like a tight it, story. Like that was well, a good, a well-put-together story. It, well, what made it, I, I think what made that possible to achieve is the fact that there's actually very little story. Like as a mm. story, as a plot, it has very few moving parts. Like the st- story-wise, it's very very simple. Mm-hmm. There's not much happens. Into I mean, there's a twist at the end, but apart from that, there isn't like a lot of moving parts mechanically in the story. So it was easy for me to kind of write that out. As like, okay, this is the beginning. This happened. This is that. This happens. This happens. This happens. So you have enough of kind of a spine mm-hmm. to know where you're going. Like you never write yourself into a corner. Like I don't know what happens next. You do know what happens sure. next because you already figured that out to right. some extent. But I always I, I, people that write like 30 or 40 page treatments and then go write the story. That may work for other people, it doesn't work for me, because I feel like writing a treatment is like the most boring thing to do. It's like all the hard work of writing a script, but without any of the fun of writing the script, because you're kind of one step removed from it. And then when you've written that, you may know every beat in your story, but when you come to actually write the script, you've kind of done all the fun, all the discovery of like, oh, this could happen, like that's already been done. And now you're just kind of like writing a, a, a more detailed version of the story so where i kind of landed over the years of 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 figuring out this process is write enough of an outline so you don't get stuck you don't write yourself into a corner you always basically know kind of where your true north is sure but keep it be vague enough that you can still have the fun of discovering things actually as you're writing Mm. so that's my answer that's really cool that's awesome so Um,
0: you're finishing up at pc gamer or whatever yeah. And then you, you, are you working on Book at UI at the same time? Or no, what? no,
2: no. I mean, actually, that was like 10 years apart. So I, I finished up on PC Gamer and then I had an opportunity to go work on uh, a movie magazine uh, in L.A. And I thought, oh, here you go. One step closer. Like right. I'll actually be working in so L.A. In I'm the movie people. business. In L.A. People. This is a Network. great way for me. Yeah, you can do all that stuff. Didn't work out that way at all. The, movie, the magazine was a disaster. The company that, that funded it went, lost all its money in the dot-com crash. I got laid off. And then um, uh, I basically was sitting around unemployed uh, going, well, what, I, what do I do now? And I'd always promised myself that I was going to like try to write the scripts. And I kept making excuses about not having enough time because I had a day job. Right. Now I have nothing but time. <laughs> um, and enough money saved up that I could live very frugally for about a year if I just like ate out of cans and stuff. So that's what I did. And I just wrote a bunch of screenplays. And that was the period of like writing one after the other. Right. where one was less shitty than the last I don't know if you to the point where again <laughs> even the one that even the one that you send out I'm like going I don't know maybe like the David Duchovny thing may, I don't have no idea it was any good but sure. like there's some kind of eternal spidey sensory like it's not terrible right like, <laughs> and if that's and, and, and maybe that means it's, act, it's actually okay and so I sent that out um, and when you
3: say send it out you send it out to agencies
2: to well I sent it out to so there are resources online it's so much easier these days in the online world to mm-hmm. do this stuff than it was when I was breaking in before there was even really much of an internet um, but you can find resources and lists of Agents won't read your script. If you send a, a script to like CAA, mm-hmm. they will literally send it back to you unopened. They'll go, that feels like a script that we didn't ask for. They right. just send for it back. For fear, right. For, uh, fear. for fear of like, you know, you stole my scripts like five years down the right. road. So don't do that because they won't read them. Okay, um, uh, But you can find like management companies and production companies, there are people out there that are like actively will accept what they call unsolicited queries. Like, So you can write them a letter and say, I have a script. It's about this and this and that. And I think you'd enjoy it. And, they'll, and they may write back and say, okay, send us it. We'll read it and so that's why I sent it, it to a bunch of management companies and so here's an example of like how it's better to be lucky than good I sent <laughs> I sent
3: that sucks I've never I, been lucky
2: I, I sent it to a I sent it to a management company I sent it to a bunch um, and I said but one of these management companies they um, typically they have you know readers like people whose job it is to just read because scripts are coming in like mm-hmm. literally dozens a day from people all around the country and all around the world that want to break into screenwriting and so they have readers people whose job it is to Read these scripts, because reading a script takes a while, and you know, it's not necessarily a fun thing to do most of the time. Um, and write coverage, like write a little report and say, like we recommend that the script be read by the next person up the chain, and then that person is another kind of gatekeeper, another level in the phalanx. Um, and typically they have to go, you have to go through several levels of that before it goes to someone that can actually say, yes, we should hire this guy, or we should buy this script, or we should represent this person, or whatever. Um, what happened with my script was it literally got put in the wrong pile. <laughs> um, but, no, I'm, I, I'm not even kidding. So, I, I, I sent in the script to this company, and they, they and this is Eli is this No, this oh was right. a, this was a, this was another movie which we're now actually doing as a comic book. I can oh, I, I can plug that as well. Go, Go for it. What comic um, is it? <laughs> um, so the first, the, the, so this first script that I wrote, maybe this is terrible, was called Oliver, and you'll laugh when you hear the premise, but it was basically reinventing Oliver Twist as a post-apocalyptic superhero. And but it's kind of actually trust me, it's cool. That's kind of awesome. It's Oliver with a with a twist. Yeah. Uh, And so (laughs) I wrote that originally as a screenplay, and that was the first one. I thought, oh, this could be okay. And I sent it to this management company, and instead of getting put in the pile for like the readers to take home for the weekend and decide whether or not it goes up the chain, it got put into the pile, the weekend read pile of the head of the company. So it just instantly like blew through all the red lights and just went to wow the head of the company and then on a Sunday that Sunday afternoon I got a call from this guy saying I have no idea why this script is in my pile because it usually would have like coverage from readers Mm -hmm. or whatever saying like this script is this and that and you should read it like there's nothing on it but it has your phone number on the front and I read the script and I liked it and I would like to uh, you know represent you in you know, in your screenwriting efforts. Now, it's entirely possible that that very same script could have been read by anyone along that chain who would have said no to it.
3: Yeah. But I, Or they would have given you, they by, would have written coverage that wasn't flattering. Yes, or, you I, know. by
2: complete happenstance, it, it bypassed all of those people. That's and, incredibly lucky. And that's how I, Dalia like, said, better to be lucky than good. And so that was the first thing that I wrote. And that movie never got made. Um, but I always wanted to tell a version of that story. So we eventually took it, a couple of years ago, to Image Comics with um, a guy called Derek Robertson, who you may know from the comic book world, is a very accomplished comic book writer. Co-created *Transmetropolitan* with uh, Warren Allison, and has done a bunch of other really great stuff. Um, is the artist on it now? We're doing that. We're creating all of it as a comic book that Image is going to publish later this year. That's, that's awesome. Nice. So even so, that was. That, I mean, that's a nice example. I think also like if you if you create something that you really love and you believe in it, it never really dies if you don't let it. Like keep plugging away, you'll find a way to get that story in front of somebody.
3: Do you have other stories that you're still well? Obviously, you're developing probably constantly. I would imagine. Do you ever go back and look at those first screenplays that you wrote and go, "Ah, eh, it, it might be worth another draft." No, that's those
2: it. no those are in fact so bad they're completely <laughs> unsalvageable. Um, Oliver is, is is the first one that you you, could, you can't go back any like before that. All of them are like, dude, don't show that to anyone. They mm-hmm. just they just have like historic interest to me to go back and go, "Oh my god, it's so bad." Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of. It's it's a very frustrating business sometimes as a screenwriter because you write these scripts, you have these original ideas, and if they don't get made as movies, no one ever sees the story. Right. Part of the reason I wrote this new one as a book is I kind of felt like no one can say no to it. Like even if there's no there's no gatekeepers in the way, like right. in, this, in the world of self-publishing, like I don't even need to find a publisher. I can do what Hugh Howie or Andy Weir did, which you know just write a story and press publish on a website, and people will find it. And, you know, maybe it it, it finds an audience from that, but it doesn't go to waste the way that an unproduced screenplay kind of goes to waste. And this can always become, you could always... Yeah, I was going to ask you that
3: too, is, is, like, so there's a lot of guys out there that they write the book to get it made into a movie, and you don't necessarily need that. Well, there are a lot of people that do that
2: with comics as well, and I find that very cynical. Like, you know, I I think that is um, kind of insulting to comics and books to say that, well, a comic and a book only exists... To become a movie down the road, sure. In the so, but but it, but it goes hand in hand with the kind of the prevailing wisdom in Hollywood now, which is we only want to make movies out of comic books and things that have already been kind of it's validated by an audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't want to take a risk. Oh, this comic book has a million fans. Well, we can make the movie, and probably those people will show up. Right. As opposed to taking a risk on an original idea, with something like the Book of Eli, which is a small miracle that it got made because it's this really violent, quite expensive film with like religion and people's heads getting chopped off mm-hmm. and people saying fuck like that movie in 99% of other universes doesn't get made we just got very very lucky with it uh, and it may in fact be the one that i like i may have played my joker very early there. that may be the one that i get in my entire um career well i'm pretty sure your last project that you wrote on is getting made which is good that is i'm pretty sure they're gonna make the star wars movie. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so, <laughs> so, so they mean, are yeah. in fact making it literally now As so they yeah i think of have to get, finish get, it
3: so, I know you can't talk much about this, but, I mean, to so, so the people out there, that the 1% of our audience that hasn't heard of you before, you you are, you are just finished writing w- the first standalone Star Wars film.
2: Yes. Well, at least one version one of it. One version of it. So, basically, what happened is I finished my work. Mm-hmm. You hand in your work. They say thank you very much. They actually have another writer working on it now, which is fairly standard practice in Hollywood. You need to go through various sure, like, sure, writers sure. and rewrites to get it where it needs to be. Um, but, they're, you know, that's why I just came back from London where I was kind of finishing up my work on it, the whole production of... The film has moved over to Pinewood now. And, you know, I handed off my work and said, you know, God's I wish you the best of luck. I worked on it for about a year. And by the end of the process, I was just completely exhausted. Just done. It was by far the most rewarding creative thing that I ever did. Like the entire time I was working on it, the 12 year old version of me. is. Going, I was going to say. Dude. <laughs> um, but it was also completely and utterly exhausting because I was so... Like when I when it was announced, I got two types of messages on Twitter. One was congratulations, and the other one was don't, don't fuck, fuck it this up. up. Yeah. And that of course is like oh yeah, thanks for pointing that I really needed that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That had not occurred to me. Oh, people care about Star Wars. That oh, had not that, occurred to me to not the pr- fuck it up. The pressure yeah. must Thank be you for pointing that out. Um but and so that kind of dogs you and stays with you and literally would keep me up at night as I was working on it. Uh, and again, it's the same thing that keeps you honest. You know, it's like don't like you have to do your best work. So I worked on it for the better part of a year. Gareth Edwards, who's directing it, is by far the most talented um, director i've ever worked mm. with he's an an, an an even bigger star wars fan than me which is actually kind of hard to find um but he's so into it and i think the movie's going to be fantastic i can't wait to see it but you gotta wait because it's a year behind episode seven you won't see it until like december of 2016 so right. it's a ways off yet next year yeah next year, next year. that's what you can say next year yeah, i think terrible.
4: i think this has all been super you know greg and i are writers and i think that you know, and I I write all the time, and and I know how hard it is, and I think that this is just instructive of a, a man who's much more talented than us. How he right started we we're talking him, about you. Um, okay. yeah. It's you. Uh, how you know a person who started humbly but uh, with incredible talent worked extremely hard to get to where he was, and I think it's inspiring because nothing bothers me as a writer more. I mean, I'm working on a, a project right now that you know is difficult, it takes a lot of time, and and it's and it's 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 hard, you know, and um. Nothing annoys me more than when someone says that, like, writing is easy or that writing, like, oh, I'm a writer, you know, or, like, what it's, cool. like, writing writing is so difficult and it's it's humbling and, and, and cool to hear a story like this about, you know, someone who is so talented like yourself that still says like it wasn't even the, the, necessarily the talent that got me. No,
2: it's brutally difficult, and it is actually quite a miserable life. I mean, the success is... The successes <laughs> Go are for quite, it, kids! The, the Don't get me wrong, the highs are very high. Going to the Book of Eli and seeing my name on the screen at the premiere was like one of the greatest moments of my life. Standing, cool. standing on the set... I, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story before. One of the days I was on the set of Eli there were the, the one of the first scenes that they shot is there's a scene earlier in the movie where he gets confronted by these bandits under a bridge mm. and he kills them all yeah um and i was there the day that they shot that it was my first day on the set um and i became very denzel was just a lovely man to me he was super nice worked with him very closely on the scripts we were, we were writing it and again it was my own original idea so this is not not, not like a book that someone else had and you adapted it right it's like if i if had said no to star wars <laughs> it's ridiculous but if I had said no they would have found someone else to write it and the show sure. would still get made and come out but if I hadn't had the idea for Eli it, no one else has the idea and it never gets done quite the same way so it feels very organic to you like you're looking at this on this massive film set and all these people are only there because you came up with this idea and found the time to sit down and write it and I remember we did a scene and Denzel crushed it because that's what he does and everyone applauded and he was in a really good mood and he came over and he saw me sitting in what they call Video Village you know where you sit and watch on mm-hmm. the monitors and he came over and he didn't know I was on the set that day and he saw me and he was like Gary you're here and he came over and he shook my shoulders and went your, your world is coming alive how does it feel and I remember just thinking this is the fucking best
3: job <laughs> fucking <laughs> so you can ever so cool. have because the character that that's you awesome. created
2: is now standing there literally in front of you in the guys in like costume on set you think that's fucking mad but like for every moment like that there are about 500 shit ones <laughs> right. that make you wonder if it's all worth it um, particularly in film, which is a you know is, is an industry that is brutally indifferent toward writers. Um, you know? Yeah, that's
0: what I was wondering. Like when you go to the set and stuff, and like in Bookie Eli, I guess is maybe a little bit different. Again, like you said, it's your own IP and everything else. Yeah, but when you go to any set, like do people know who you are or are they so heads down making
2: the game, the, the game
0: making the movie doing props craft services whatever that they, they're just some guy no it's way. weird
2: I mean I felt like a little bit of a gate crasher in my own set because the, the the movie was written it was done and sometimes on, on films you know they have a writer on set working on them which is usually mm-hmm. not a good sign because yeah. by the yeah. time you're shooting you should pretty much have a script right but a lot of times that so, doesn't so happen for
3: Eli you weren't you weren't doing any rewrites during no there was no
2: need for me to be there I was just there as a courtesy the directors invited me to go to the set that's nice they knew I'd be excited Excited to see it, so but I was very, very aware of the fact that I'm the only person there who doesn't have a reason to be there. Like, and film sets are really, really busy. Like, everyone is doing something all yeah. the time. You're and just I'm, poking around the bagels. Oh, and the worst thing was, I went there the week after. Maybe not exactly a week, but it was shortly after the Christian Bale Terminator uh, thing happened. Uh, yeah, where you know the he just went off on a tear on the. On the on Good the for you. <gasps> So I was, oh my God, that's going that to happen to me. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to walk through the rock. <laughs> I'm actually going to like walk through the walk wrong through door Danielle's and like, be in or- the shot. And like, get out of here, you bum. Mila is a huge Warcraft fan she is and I had a I, she said oh I heard you wrote the Warcraft and back then, back then I had I mean it's gone through several writers since then but I had written an earlier version of the Warcraft movie and she was like oh my god Like, do you, do you, does it have like Ironforge and I was like this is Mila Kunis like, ask me if Ironforge <laughs> is in the movie like that's fucking crazy it's great she's really into it Um, I saw her at a Blizzcon with Macaulay no Cohen. she's super she's super into, into it. it Um, but she has to play like you know in disguise because she can't be like hi guys I'm Mila Kunis like that would not Go across well on the internet for any number of reasons. Kila Munis, yeah, That's um, I mean, damn, be. I've played with Kila Munis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I was very. Calm. I was. I'm going to walk in. I'm going to trip over someone's cable and fuck everything. The whole up set's
3: going to go like, yeah, yeah, yeah the whole thing's two million dollars like, Right. Um, <laughs> uh,
2: so that was that was um like I said that was brilliant. But for the but for the most part, it writing is a fairly. Miserable, right? Thankless drudge that just sucks all the life out of it's you. True, um, but like I said, and, and, and like, but the but the peaks are so high that it, that, that again, the, the experience I had on Eli was enough to sustain me for like five more years that's of awesome. shit, and you know, and not having films made and getting fired from jobs and replaced because that's again, that's the the world of of screenwriting right. where writers are treated often very much like a kind of a disposable mm. commodity in the same way that they're not in any other. Um, medium. It's weird. So, how did you? And
3: maybe you can't talk about this and don't let us kind of get you into trouble. But how did your name get thrown in the hat for Star Wars?
2: I can't talk about you it. Can't talk about that. Gotcha. I'll come back if in December dream, of 2016. And we'll talk about it, and I'll talk about it. But I can't. I, I have very strict rules about what I'm allowed to say.
0: So here's this is it can be generalized not to be about Star Wars, but I think okay. you've already touched on it and what you're talking about. It's not uncommon for someone to get hired, write a draft, and that's their contract, right? And, like somebody, and then it, somebody else does do it. Yeah, I mean, you know... Because like when, it, when it happened, we were all like, Gary's leaving Star Wars, the, the, ah! And there's then it was liter- like, oh, the, wait, hold there's, on. There's
2: never been a job ever in my life where at some point you don't get... I, th- I Actually, I, I think you would be hard to find a screenwriter that's been doing it for as long as I have who doesn't have a story about getting replaced on a film or getting rewritten by someone else. It's so, so common. And it's unique to screenwriting. Um, I use the analogy sometime, like if R.A. Salvatore were to write a book and, which I hear is available for free on Audible.
0: Audible.com slash kind of funny. Supports the show,
2: get a free book. What else are you doing? You're already on the internet. So let's say he wrote a book (laughs) and his publisher said to him, hey, R.A. I don't know if that's what they call him. Yo, R.A. Yo, R.A. R.A. Come here. R.A., baby. We love the book. We've got a little bit of a problem with the third act. So you're basically gone. And we're going to bring in um, Patrick Rothfuss to rewrite the third act because he's the hot writer right now. Mm-hmm. That would, that's, that obviously seems absurd, right? That's right. not something that should happen. And yet that is exactly what happens in Hollywood every single day. That's the, that's the business of, uh, you know, the revolving door of writers. Mm-hmm. It happened to me on The Book of Eli. But Eli was weird in that I worked on that for a long time. Then they fired me and brought in another writer to work on it for a bit. and then I And then I was rehired to come back and, and that, that actually happens as well. That's crazy. That happens all the time. And I came back and then finished the movie out. So, um... When you got fired from you, did you freak out? Of like, hey, this oh, is was my ca- project. No, I was very, very unhappy. Um, I, particularly, again, when it's something like Star Wars or, you know, a movie that is... Established belong- franchise. Well, it belongs to someone else, sure. basically. You're just happy to be there, to be invited to sure. play in there with their toys. For however long it lasts. Um, but they reserve the right to say thank you at any time because it's their property. Mm-hmm. Um the truth is of course even when it's something you originally create once you sell it it becomes their property as well like when Warner Brothers bought the book of Eli they they now own it right. and I am now just someone with a contract to continue to write on it wow. um, and you know it's like I wanted to do an Eli comic book as a as a follow up as a sequel to the movie but I can't do it because I can't you get anyone right. to sign off on it I right. don't own it I would need to ask their permission and they don't want to do it so it'll never happen so it's particularly Again, when it's when it's Star Wars or After Earth or Warcraft or Akira or any of the movies that I've worked on, where other writers have come on subsequent to me, uh, you just kind of go, yeah, that's fair enough. Like you used me for as long as you could, and now someone else is going to come in and mm, do mm. a version. Um, but when it's your own project, when it's something that you created, that feels really weird to have it taken away from you. But that is the you know that's the only way you're ever going to get a movie made is if you agree to you know sign over. The rights and hope that you can just stay on it through through to the end did you feel like a badass when you got it back God, it was such a long time ago. I barely. <laughs> I remember being very pleased because you know you want to you want to see it through to the end, and you want to have like. Well, especially since it was your first. Right? Well, there was one particular thing. Like the other writer that worked on it actually did like actually solved some story problems that the script was having, and like actually did a couple of good things that were very valuable, and we kept yeah. those. But you had just like. But they also they also, they also they also <laughs> they also changed the ending in a way that I hated. Just hated it. Like, I remember reading that draft and just my heart sank. Like, please don't let that be the last, the ending of the film. Right. And so when I came back, I put it back the way it was, and that's the ending that they shot. And that's good. Yeah. But again, there you, it's completely at their. The people that are guess, writing the yeah. check decide who's going to write the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like I said, it's weird, and it's part of the reason why I've been attracted to kind of play around with writing novels and graphic novels and things where that doesn't happen like I can't be fired off of this book or rewritten by someone else and it's kind of fun to say you know Eli is great I think anyway um but it's partly great because it was so many other talented people came in and did amazing work so I can take credit for the story and the writing but for the film itself I just take a very small piece of credit for the overall thing that you saw with a book it's all the buck stops with me so if you hate it or or love it I can I'll happily take all of the credit or all of the blame right and so that's you know it's that's different to what I've been used to in film where it's such a collaborative medium and the writer is just one small piece of a very large machine
3: I read somewhere or maybe I heard somewhere that they generally only hire a writer for like two maybe two drafts before they assume the writer has nothing more to put back yeah you have you're you're typically
2: so it used to be they they used to have in Hollywood what they call a two-step deal which is you do your you do what you call a draft and a set Mm -hmm. which is um, a draft and then a rewrite and then they and then you're contracted to also do another rewrite that as 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 Hollywood has kind of tightened the screws on writers a little bit, those got turned into what they call one-step deals. So you do your draft and a set of rewrites, and then it, and then you, they don't have to use you anymore. They can bring someone else, and if they right. want. So, um, again, it's harder, and it's getting harder and harder for writers to stay all the way through the production of a film. Because I mean, like, I don't, I don't mean to writers. As, write as Green Lantern had on it, for example, but it was a oh, lot,
0: and that it showed because
2: it was a train wreck. I, I, when you but, sure, but surely the more writers you throw at something, the better it. <laughs>
3: we're hoping <talking laughs> that with this podcast, is just
4: how, just <laughs> enough
3: number of cooks is what they call it. Yes.
4: Uh, so
2: sorry, I, 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 I was just,
4: I don't know. I, I just, it's just so fascinating to hear. You know, I, I'm just drawing connections to where you are now as this major success. To, you were saying kind of more of a tortured childhood with you know being bullied and stuff like that. And I can't help but wonder if you go to the UK and you find these people that. That teased you when you knock on their door and you go oh I wrote a fucking Star Wars movie I just wanted to let you know I'll see you later you remember me my name's <laughs> I Gary I would my literally send us, out postcards yeah my name's Gary you might remember me you tease me we, I wrote a fucking Star Wars movie I and, just wanted to let you know that uh, have a good day and then you just walk away I don't
2: know I think that's kind of, it would be kind of graceless to do <laughs> that I think. as much as it Trust appeals him, to those me those people know those people I do, remember I do, I do remember that one of the kids that bullied me in school I found him I didn't find him he popped up as like a suggested friend mm-hmm. on Facebook years and years later and I'm like, that was one of the kids that used to, like, you know, punch me in school. And I hated him. It was like that. Like, you were, like, legit boy Well, not, like, punched in the, like, hard not knocked out, but, like, you know, punched it in the him, arm yeah. and kicked. And, you know, just the kid, like, sure. you know, Power like bomb, they, choke they, knocked, yeah, yeah. they knocked your books <laughs> out of your, your hand and stuff like that. And right. it was going to be a hard time. And I remember years and years later, he came up on Facebook. I said, I'm kind of curious to see what he's doing now. And he was the—he was like an assistant regional manager of a small bank, like half a mile from the school where we used to go. And i you know—he may well have, uh, you know, a very happy life. But I remember thinking, yeah, I think it—I think I probably ended up doing a bit better. than this. <laughs> And I would never send a message going, ha ha, fuck you, Mr. Assistant sure. Bank Manager. I'm just um, being facetious. But way, it would be nice. Do, that do you know facetious? <laughs> is, did, did you know that facetious is one of the only words in the English language with all the vowels in the correct order? Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just blew my no, mind. Yeah. I oh, can't even like, say it. I, I, I physically facetious. can't say
1: that word. F- f- say it. Facetious. Facetious. Hey, got it. There are you only got
2: three facetious. words in the English language that begin with the word with the letters D W. Dwight. That's a proper noun. Dwindle. <laughs> what? Dwindle. Dwindle is one.
3: Dwayne. No. Dwarf. Dwarf, Dwarf, Dwarf is another Dwarf. one. There's three. Dwarves.
2: Damn. <laughs> Dwindle.
4: Don't look at me. I was me. told there
2: would be no reading questions. <laughs> <laughs> while they're figuring that out, did I, I... I. We'll save it. We'll do the third one. We'll save, I'll come back. I'll do the third one at the end if you haven't got it. By sounds then. good. All right.
3: Um, You said you wrote on Akira? Yeah.
2: That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I worked I on did Akira not know that. for a while. Back in 2007. How did that come about? Are you allowed to talk about that at all? So, no, yeah, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. They, they, they said, do you want to do Akira? And I was like, yeah. yeah. Um, so what happened was... I I bummed around the kind of the Hollywood world for a long time, like doing little, little rewrites Mm -hmm. and little working on small movies and things that never got made, and like doing little uncredited rewrites. There's a there's a terrible uh, Jason Statham Jet Li movie called War, which I wrote on, and like some of my dialogue is in that film. As
0: soon as you said those two actors, I knew Nick. Nick's all over this. This The best part of
2: that was Jason Statham gave me a ride in the transporter car, which they let him. What? Yes. That's sick. that was awesome. rad. Um, he <laughs> seems like a pretty uh, old guy. The, but yeah, he was actually really, really nice. The film obviously didn't work out quite so well. Um, but so I did that for a long time, and uh, then I wrote Eli, and Eli sold, and you know Denzel and the whole thing. And then suddenly you realize that you, you kind of get, like get called up to the major leagues, mm-hmm. where now they want to have you back and talk to you about bigger projects. And suddenly you're on lists for things that you wouldn't have been considered for before. Right. And Akira was the when Eli sold they have they have two lists at any given time like in hollywood kind of it's like well here are all the major projects that we need a writers on and here's a list of writers that are interesting to us right now like if you sell a script or have a big movie open or whatever you suddenly you're on that list right and so the akira was on the list and i was on the other list and they said do you want to do akira and i was very nervous about doing it because like how do you do a good version of that like it's really difficult yeah um but uh you know, we got with the director and talked about ways to do it and think, oh, maybe there's a way to do it. And, um, you know, I'm one of these guys, like, I remember saying a lot, like, we can't fuck this up. Yeah. You that's know, i not going to be the Fans guy going you. around a uh, comic conference for the rest of my life going, oh, there's the guy that fucked up Akira. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so we, but we came a up, up with tremendous And we were very, very, very aware of, like, all the possible, like, you know, sensitivities. Like, we didn't want to do, like, the race bended version of it, you know, where just everyone's suddenly American and right. white and, uh, but, nor did, but nor did I believe that Akira is like necessarily a Japanese only story, right? If it's a story that only resonated inside Japan, it wouldn't have been successful all, all over the world. And clearly, you know people love that story no matter where you are. It's a great story. Um, and so we thought we could do a way that we, we try to come up with a way that would make it accessible to a global audience and yet at the same time kept it kind of true to the Japanese roots of it. And I think we found a way to do it. and I wrote worked on it, I li- practically lived on the Warner Brothers lot for about six months while we were trying to write it and get it made. And it went through various drafts. And again, they eventually said, thank you. Uh, you know, I left the director left. And I think Akira has been through about four or five directors and probably many more writers than that since me. And they're still figuring out a way to kind of get it made. It's a very difficult. Yeah. I'm all film. for
3: them taking their time with that one.
2: Yeah. And they certainly are. I mean, I worked on it nearly 10 years ago and they're still Jeez. trying I mean it's maybe that's... it's a
4: sign that you shouldn't be doing it not you but that they, maybe they should <laughs> yeah, maybe, so maybe, Akira maybe doesn't so. need to be take done take the hit, Gary. <laughs> I mean
2: I would
3: I would like them just to re-release the anime um, and so I could see it in theaters for once but that would be it's on Blu-ray
2: they did a Blu-ray release of it not too long ago I saw it on ago. the big screen I saw, I saw it on the big screen at the ICA in London and it was Fantastic! Yeah, I'll rub it in, Gary. Rub it in.
3: Um, I I have a ton of questions for Gary. I don't know. I know we're running long on this segment. Conversational show. We could okay. just split this topic into two anyway. Too. It's true. almost an hour long, right? right. So you want that?
4: Yeah. Let's just do that. Sure. Split.
0: Part two. This is part two. of Nick's topic because Nick's topic is so fascinating and Gary Wood is so talented. Well, well I was gonna
4: say I don't I don't like how you just said that because I think that there's places to split it even earlier than this, Greg. See, you aren't you aren't very organic about it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over oh, Reggie Show, Christ. part
3: two of Nick's topic. <laughs> Split! Audible.com.
0: It's going to be weird if it's just out of the blue. We have to film a
1: pickup. And then we, so, say no, we don't. This, we is, a, this a is a very uncomfortable question, but when you're writing a movie, are you writing the story, or are you literally writing, like, this guy says this, and then that
2: guy says that? You do a little bit of both. You write, you know, again, I, I think you go through a process where you write a... There's just the story, and that can be in the form of you know an outline or a treatment that can be anything. So when you 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 earlier you're saying treatment, what is a treatment? A treatment is basically it's the by far the least fun thing that writers have to do. Like you have to write a twenty or a thirty page, very detailed summation of the story, but without actually really kind of getting into the story. It's basically like not dialogue, right? It's like it's (laughs) like if you ask me to if if you ask me to say say, so you say for example, okay, tell me what happens in Die Hard, Mm -hmm. and you've got twenty minutes. And I just basically told you the story of Die Hard in great depth, right going now. through it scene by scene, and then wrote that down. You would have a treatment, treatment. but that doesn't have dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you actually go away and write the script, which is you know anywhere between like 100 and 120 pages. Typically, one page of a written screenplay equals a minute of screen time. So, 120-page script turns into a two-hour film. So, you do the, the treatment first, then, and then from the treatment, then you would write it so that
1: you write the dialogue, and then you also write like where everyone. Well, you typically you typically
2: only do a treatment if you're the kind of writer that needs that in their process, or if contractually you have to do it. Sometimes studios will demand that you write a treatment before they commence you to the level of writing the script, and they'll give mm-hmm. you notes on the treatment. And sometimes you'll go back and forth. I've worked on projects where you know we worked just on the treatment for months before we actually started writing a script. Um, but if it's just me, I prefer to do like as I mentioned earlier. I prefer to do as little of that as possible. Just like know the basic bones of the story and then go write the script and figure out the rest as you go. Mm-hmm. As a man who kind of
4: came up playing, you know, games and 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 writing about games, and that's that was your first job, and um, you have a, a deep appreciation for your video games. You're not one of these guys, you know, that doesn't understand the medium. You understand it better than pretty much anyone. Is there and, and you've written your books, you you've done your films, you're gonna continue to do that kind of stuff. Is there an interest? In writing a game, um, have you ever, or are you considering, or have you considered in the past something that hasn't been made or whatever, or do you want to write games?
2: Yeah, I've done, I have mean, I've done a, I mean, it's interesting, back in the day there wasn't really much of an, like, the idea of like being a games writer seemed kind of laughable, because games didn't really have stories. I think what's interesting now. So,
3: oh, they took the princess
2: again. You gotta go get her. Sorry, Mario. Oh, the princess is in another castle. Yeah, like that. I mean, this us. robot man and these other robot <laughs> mans are in trouble. Go get All them. your base are belong to us. I mean, that's like as as, as sophisticated as it used to be back like in the day, game, and check. that was fine. But I think what's happened is has been you know video games have been through a bit of kind of a, a growth spurt as an art form recently, where we started to think, well, why shouldn't they tell decent stories and why shouldn't they have kind of greater narrative ambitions? And we've seen a bunch of games. Uh, over the past few years that have started to tell really interesting stories and then once one game does it you start to think why isn't this other game doing yeah. it it used to be you remember this anyone's reviewed video games for many years you, you, you kind of I, I, I wrote so many video game reviews back in the day so like, well the story is not very good Garbage, but, expect, but it's is video fun game. now you'll actually get dinged for that if your story's not very good they'll take points off and rightly so because the stand has been set mm-hmm. you know Naughty right. Dog and Telltale and Bioware are doing these games where you can tell good stories and now you miss it when it's not in another game um, so I've done a bunch of that work I worked um, I was a story consultant and writer on the season one of The Walking Dead for Telltale you have
0: a BAFTA for that don't
2: you? yeah well, okay. we won a BAFTA I mean yeah. I, I don't get to like keep it in my house it's like Telltale's office <laughs> Demanded, or like, but I we demand it we, we won a BAFTA for best story and um, a, a bunch of uh, story awards for. Yeah. I, I, think, I think actually more than any other company maybe more than any other game Telltale and that first season of The Walking Dead uh, did more to kind of wake people up to the possibilities of storytelling games than any other than any other game. I ended up doing a ton of consultancy, going to other companies after The Walking Dead was a big hit, where they would just sit me down and go like, "Okay, so what's the secret sauce? Like, how, what is it that Telltale does that you know people enjoy the story? Like, how do we do that?" And I would just like just give a shit about the story yeah. like that's not the a story first. secret yeah just put the story first kevin bruno who's the head of telltale just did an interview today where he's where he said the our only secret is literally that we just we don't start with game mechanics we don't start with um you know a, an idea for you know a particular kind of game design we start with a story and you know that's baked in you know it used to be again whoever wrote the story was just like oh well you know Gavin, programmer number six, doesn't have much to do today. Why well, does he write the story? Right. And now there's a need to have people who are specialists in that come in and do it. And it's been great for me in that I come from a gaming background and I've got a fairly mm-hmm. good understanding of the mechanics of games and what, how people play games and, and where the story should fall. Uh, and now I'm also you know, a writer as well. So I can come in and have a fairly good understanding of um, how story can help a video game be more interesting. But it's still very much, we're still learning it. Like I think video games are still very much like in the silent movie era of sure. their evolution mm-hmm. where uh, we're still kind of figuring out how to do it. It's really interesting. I did a talk about this at um, uh, Disney a few a few months ago where, I think it's someone else's example, but I'm happy to steal it. Um, <laughs> somebody pointed out that each new narrative medium, like each new form of entertainment that comes along until it finds out, until it figures out like its own identity, basically just copies what came before mm-hmm. so you know for the longest time storytelling was stage plays and people got on a stage you know from the days of shakespeare and you would sit in the audience and watch these actors perform a play and tell you a story right. and then when film came along in its very earliest iteration they basically just copied that they would have actors on a stage on a right. set and they would put the camera essentially in the front row of the audience and just you would just watch that like not much editing not flat, much right. editing just you know kind of a flat a flat plane And then they began to realize, oh, wait, we can move the camera around. We can have more than we can actually put the camera behind the actors. We can cut the film and create edits and things like that. And the the language of cinema began to emerge. And then nearly 100 years later, video games come along. They want to tell stories. What do they do? Oh, let's do an interactive movie. Again, just copying what came before. And we went through those dark days of like CD-ROM interactive movies which were terrible well tell them everything in
3: cutscenes. i still stand by under a killing moon was one of the best games ever made
2: so again and and, and again i think that was actually the beginning of like starting to that as primitive as that was they were starting to try and figure things out Mm -hmm. like what is it about storytelling in a video game that has that is different than in a film and how do we make it unique to us and how do we and how do you use like the unique opportunities that you have for the for the player to actually be part of the story and influence it themselves and that's obviously what walk, The Walking Dead is essentially an interactive TV series where mm-hmm. you get to mm-hmm. play the main character and decide where the story goes and people love that like people love the the, the power of like making moral choices and having um, that kind of power over the story. It's really, People are really really into that. Was it easier for you to sort of wrap your head around
3: okay I'm, I, I know how to write a film because I know sort of like the formula behind that right where we're dealing with still a three act structure but there are certain beats that have to hit on cer- around certain pages and this and that. Was it easier for you to walk into a project like The Walking Dead and say okay we're going to treat this like an episodic show like a like a piece of or an episode of TV i can kind of wrap my head around how I'm going to tell the story cuz it's different when when the player actually gets to choose sort of what their dramatic beats are yeah
2: it's vastly different and i did in fact try that try that and i got slapped down almost immediately really? because you, what you will learn from the people at Telltale who have been doing this for a long time like we hate tv that's yeah well <laughs> they hate tv so they understand that it can't just be that it right. can't just be a, a television show where you get to kind of make some choices along the way I actually think it's by far the hardest medium to write in not just because again it's kind of silent me- silent movies and we're still figuring out what to do and what how to make a good story in a video game mm-hmm. but also because just the burden is that much harder that much harder on the story like it's hard enough to write a film which is a compelling story that keeps you interested over the course of two hours now and now now do all of that and add the fact that the player gets to twist and turn the story and and it constantly needs interaction like they used to have a rule at telltale where Um, If the player isn't given something to do every 30 seconds, they start to get bored. They they won't just sit and watch like a two-minute cutscene. So I would pitch an idea in my naivety. um, Oh, so here's something that can happen, right? Lee and Clementine would do this and blah, blah, blah. It's really exciting. And then they would sit and go, yeah, what is there for the player to do during that? Oh, shit. Well, not very much. Okay, well, (laughs) the player can watch. (laughs) Pitch that scene again, but in a way that the player gets to influence what happens. And why is it interesting for someone not just watching, but actually... Playing the role of the lead character, right? So it's really, really hard to do that, and that's before you even get into the business of branching narratives and, mm. like, you know, a Walking Dead episode takes about two hours to play. A script is about five hundred pages long, because, um, you know, you have to you. You might only see one version of the story, but we have to write every single every possible permutation. Right. And the episode that I wrote, number four of season one, at the end of it, a lot of the culmination of the choice that there's a big thing at the end where Lee has to say to the other characters in his group who wants to come with me? Like, who's with me on this next part of the story? And every single choice that you've made at that point is goes through a flow chart, and each person then tells them if they want to help him or not. And there were, and, and some of those choices are in, like, so if Kenny were to say one thing, now another character might say something else. And it's like, I can't remember how many different, we calculated at one point, how many different possible outcomes are there to this scene? And it was about... 400. I mean it's mad. <laughs> and 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 all, and and all of them have to work. Like yeah. not not one of those branches can oh lead God. to like a logical incompatibility where was he said that that can't be said. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to play test and find all of those and it's brutal. Um but when it works and play, players get to that scene and they feel like they've experienced a version of the story that is not just the same thing everyone else saw but is unique to them and they have some ownership of it because they helped create it. Right that's really really satisfying for the for the player and so really satisfying for us as well that's crazy
3: <laughs> i can't even imagine that i can't i can't imagine yeah i mean no rush writing. to go back and do it again Yeah. It's by far
2: <laughs> the hardest thing i've ever done and i learned an incredible amount um but yeah i mean I, staying in that sort of saying
3: emotionally connected to the material must be really 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 hard when you're telling that vast of a story with that many permutations um segwaying from that, well, I'm not, I'm not ready to segue. No, 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 I'm not, not either. I'm just have a couple more questions for. Gary. I have a question about this seat. before you segue out of this. Okay, well then you ask your question. So then, jump on. Based
0: out. on that experience of how we'll get you more water because we're just gonna keep quizzing you the rest of the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the hour. I'll get you
2: some. Water. I warned you that this might go long because I did love it. Talk too much. No, it's no, our job now. Not, we don't have daydreams. Yeah, what are you
0: talking about? Don't worry about it. No, this is what we want to do. This is why we invited you here because. It was so hard, so time consuming, so many different things. Is that one of the reasons you haven't gone back to work with Telltale? Not that not to imply there's bad blood, but like you're so busy with the book, with the movie, with the other screenplay, with this, with After Earth, you know what I mean? Like is or is it just that this timing wise didn't work out? Well, it?
2: first of all, you should make allowances for the possibility that I have gone back to work with Telltale. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Minecraft wow. story. That was amazing. Yeah, you like that? Um, I'm animated. Uh it's. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I get offered the, the the game work sometimes, and I'm, again, I'm a little more having seen how hard it is to yeah. work in that medium. I'm I'm a little bit, a little bit more skeptical about doing yeah. that again because it really really will demand a lot of you sure sure um would you want to
0: go back and do not maybe not a telltale game something more like the last of us where this is our story this is how we're telling it no branching stuff this is this is what the narrative is
2: i have in fact done those things but i'm not allowed to talk
0: about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: that's the inception noise nick no I. Understand. you probably didn't know no, it like, that's what it you from, do when you, when you freak out I understand.
3: inception, you inception. Noise. well there you go then that's awesome um i Read a report uh, the other day. What well, was on the Hollywood Reporter that they're trying to staff up? That's just an article. That's not like a, you know,
0: not, not everything not on the Hollywood thing. Reporter is called a report. It's not an official
3: essay put out by the government. Um, but they're making or they're trying to make a series that is, is near and dear to my heart for the longest time. My question to you is, how do we get you on it? Because it I trust you are right. Oh no, no, I know I know you oh, this. You're going okay. with it's it's a, it's going a with? small series called Robotech. Oh, it's
2: called what? Robotech. Robotech. Yeah, you I actually, with I actually um, got offered that years and years ago. What? <laughs> And I I, I I turn it down what <laughs> <laughs> why did you why would you why would you even dare to turn I'll, that I'll tell you I'll down. actually tell you the story they sent me this big Robotech box set yeah, I have it. blue I have it. I have like, three and blue I watched boxes. them all and I thought this is pretty cool right. but it was a rewrite which I hate doing oh, okay. I really don't again I talk to people like, I don't lo- even though it's a reality of the Hollywood business I don't love the kind of revolving door of, of writers sure. and I don't like the idea of coming in and Re- rewriting someone, someone else yeah. I, 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 I did it earlier in my career but like it's not satisfying for me I just don't enjoy doing it I'd much rather create something from the beginning sure. the whole cloth and then have someone else come in and rewrite me as opposed to being the other guy you just kind of feel weird like you're kind of dating someone else's girlfriend or yeah. something it's really strange like you pinch that
3: in the bedroom <laughs> Tim's done that. Tim exclusively <laughs> dates other people. It's, it's weird for me. I don't know if we call it dating. He also um, dates other people's wives.
2: But what happened was, I was like, okay, so I saw, I watched the, I, I watched the, the the, 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 the original thirty three episodes, right? The oh, that Cross was pretty saga. cool, like mm-hmm. robots and shit, um, <laughs> and tech. I mean, you know, got yeah, robots, you got and tech. <laughs> robots and tech. Put them tech. together. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah, there's that, that's cool. And they and they and they said, okay, well, it's a rewrite, and I went, ugh, okay, so I, I don't love doing those. Um, but like, send me the script and I'll at least look at it. And they sent me the script, and it was written by Lawrence Kasdan. Oh, and I, I literally, Kasdan. I literally called them up and said, "If you think I'm going to rewrite the guy who wrote The Empire Strikes Back, you're fucking yeah. crazy." And I turned it down. Well, I, that's that's <laughs>
3: acceptable, I guess, for my, for my small narrow narrow brain. To uh, I want them to make this, and I think honestly, if you. I was a fan of it when I was a kid, so obviously I'm bringing that nostalgia, that, that nostalgic uh, sort of feeling to this material. But I think it could be an amazing trilogy, and I hope they do a good job with it. Apparently, they're tapping um, the writer of 300 to do it, to actually write a draft of it. But this has also been one of those that's been stuck in development hell for. Well, exactly. Like, I, I don't 80s. remember how many years it came to me, but it was a long time ago. Well, the show came out. The show came out, I think, in '86, and they've, I think, they've been trying to figure out a way to make a movie out of it since the mid '90s. So. Um, that was the second-to-last question. I have one more for you, which I think I remember reading an article a while back that had your name listed amongst the people that have that have tried to work or tried to revamp or revitalize The Last Starfighter. Was that Oh, correct? yeah. That's what a, that's, was the that's, deal with that?
2: That's something that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm a monumental fan of The Last Starfighter. Right. It was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies when I was a kid. A Maybe film. because you know I grew up playing video games and mm-hmm. I used to go to the arcades all the time. And so the idea of this story, I mean, it's the classic kind of childhood wish fulfillment, right? You play a video game, and suddenly the, an alien comes down and says, how would you like to play the yeah, game You're so real? good at this game. Yeah. You're getting called into the big I mean, it's like, league. it, it tapped into so I many great I was still things. waiting. <laughs> I was so pissed off because I really so desperately wanted to play that game, the actual, the arcade yeah, game that's in the film. Starfighter. Though. And at the or end, uh, at the very end of the credits, it says, arcade game provided by Atari. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, that's a fucking real game that I can go play. So I went to the arcades back in the day when that's something that you did. You went to the arcades. <laughs> when those were places. And I, and I scoured every single arcade looking for Starfighter. Right. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And I discovered years later in a magazine what that credit meant was that Atari just built the dummy cabinet. Ah, uh, okay. So it was the, based the on one of their it wasn't, other, a real, yeah. it wasn't a real thing, but Atari m- made it look like a real machine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. A real machine. And so I was, I love that, I love, I love, love, love that movie. And people kind of look at it now in like a cheesy way because it's a little bit cheesy and the special oh, effects. It was very cheesy because it was early on in the what, 80s. What you have to remember though is for the, I'm old enough to remember the time that came out, like the first real computer generated effects in a film, it was incredible. No one had ever seen anything like it. It's easy to look at it now, like 30 years later and go, oh, yeah, the, the special effects are kind of lazy. Right. But.
3: Was that pre-Tron? No. Uh, Tron I don't remember. For, I think no, it was, it was after yeah. Tron. Yeah.
2: Um. But it was the first thing that looked like really kind of amazingly computer generated. Right. And it's just a great story. I mean, I honestly, this is going to sound like a silly thing to say, but I honestly put it in the same category as something like Star Wars, where it's like, you know, he's a young kid. Think about it, right? So Alex Rogan is Luke Skywalker. He's a young kid living somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Feels like nothing, nothing's going to happen in his life. He right. dreams of, like, being more and doing more, but he's never going to get out of this backwards town where he lives. Moisture and, then, farm. and then suddenly here comes this interesting character from far away this enigmatic character who says well come with me on an adventure in outer space so I'm at this point describing the story of both Star Wars and The Last Starfighter and he goes and has this amazing adventure and saves the galaxy like the, you know all the great stories come from the same basic ingredients right. and Star, Starfighter I think has those ingredients and just as a kid like you just there's a great video on YouTube called The Spielberg Face I don't know if you've ever seen this <laughs> no. every, every classic era Spielberg film has it E.T. has it um, Razor Lost Ark has. At some point, you have a. You, there's a moment where the character just goes like this, because there's something happening that is something so amazing. Is wows, right. You're just awed, and there's usually bright lights on his face, and there's usually yeah. his hairs being blown back, and that's that moment of capturing that moment of like childhood wonder mm-hmm. that every Spielberg Spielberg movie has. Um, and Starfighter had that for me. I just I, I just thought it was magical, and so years and years later. Right me like it's every time screenwriters get together and talk the story comes up Last Starfighter how the fuck are we going to do it and every single screenwriter desperately I guarantee you if that went out tomorrow Warner Brothers or whoever now has the the rights to The Last Starfighter wants to remake it and it's going out as what they call an OWA an open writing assignment which means writers are just invited to come in and pitch their idea and try to get the job I guarantee you every fucking screenwriter in Hollywood would be lying around the block they all want to do it because we all all the kids of my generation love 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 that movie. We so desperately want to do a new version to inspire kids today in the same way that we were inspired by it when we in the 1980s. But the rights are just tied up in so much impossible red tape. I, I've heard a million stories. Spielberg's tried to do it. Right. Seth Rogen has tried to make a movie and they've all and none of them have gotten anywhere. And so I don't know what the deal is with the rights, but they're just stuck in a box somewhere that no one can open. And it's incredibly frustrating <laughs> to everyone because we all want to do it.
3: I actually had an opportunity to speak with the creator um, randomly after E3 one time through this weird sort of turn of events, and I know that he specifically was looking more to turn it into a video game than he was to... uh, That would be great, too. ...to to turn it into a live action. I think he wanted to In the video
0: game, are you making movies? And then an alien comes down, and he's like, you are the best at making movies. (laughs) Come make movies and save the galaxy. Uh, I don't
3: know that it had gone through any sort of development. That's an interesting take on it. Um, If I ever meet the gentleman... I'd I'd
2: kind of see the reverse version of it where you're like this intrepid space pilot. And you're in wars every day. It's like, oh, fucking exhausting. I have to go out and fight in wars every day. And then someone comes along and says, how would you like to go live on a trailer park and just play the video game? Like basically just the backwards it's version. It's the opposite it. version. Yeah.
3: You get a hot girlfriend and there's some guys with trucks. The la- the lazy you last starfighter. <laughs> that would be amazing. We should do a short on that. The you're just chilling by a lake and someone's like, hey, did you see that explosion in the sky? No, I, like, des- I, I, desper- I desperately
2: want to do it. But so do, trust me, that's like a get in line type situation. Yeah. Someone out there has the rights and doesn't want to do it. And they've had money thrown at them. They've had every, trust me, every studio wants to do it.
3: I like, I was like, that's a get in line situation. The guy who wrote a standalone Star Wars movie. <laughs> no, no, I know. I mean, that's, but it is right. man. it's it's sad. It is one of those movies that sadly sort of slipped through the cracks from the 80s that, sure. that, that begged to be a mega franchise.
2: Yeah, because I think, you know, I'm really, really cynical about remakes. I think, you know, they have to be, you have to do them for the right reason. <laughs> And well, would
3: your take on it be a remake, or would you do just a sequel to it?
2: Honestly, I won't allow myself to think about it too much, because I'll just get depressed. Right. <laughs> um, but I think Starfighter is one of those ones where it's, it's old enough now. It's a great story, and I think kids today should see a story like that. Mm-hmm. But it's old enough now that if you put it in front of like, a 12-year-old today, they would probably find it very dated. Sure. Like yeah. it looks very 80s. They do. Like, What's wrong with these visual effects? Like, what is that done on a on a on an Amiga? Like, what is that? Yeah, they can do
3: that on their iPhone now. I think
2: it actually was done on Amiga. Um, it might have been. So I think if you can take a story like that and and kind of keep the values and keep what was magical about it and just but just represent it in a way that a modern audience would would accept, then that has value. Interesting. True. All
3: right.
0: right. that's All the questions I have for Mr. Gary Whitta, Nick Scarpino, film buff. <laughs> Colin, yes. What's your topic?
4: I think we would be stupid not to take advantage of this awesome situation we have right now with Gary Wood Mr. Gary Wood sitting to touch amongst his knees? us to touch his knees. Don't touch his knees. We
3: told you them. can actually
2: to touch t- his knees. Well, Greg is actually touching my knee at well, this moment. That never stop. actually <laughs> have. <to start>. Uh, <laughs> now you can leave. Now. After all of that, it wasn't really worth it, was it? What are you talking about? It was worth it. <laughs> it wasn't for me. Came back. We had fun. <laughs> I'm glad you got some. The <laughs> first around. time
0: we did it, we were just we were just two ships in the night, and look at us now, lovers. The hell does that mean? I don't know either it's about <laughs> as close to when
3: didn't he go into a diatribe about uh we were caramel moths caught in caramel. Caramel worm. moths. What was it? You were, no, you were just I coconut, like your I like Coconut your... Nuts caught in the moth cloth. What close the hell enough. are you talking about? <laughs> Alright, what's your topic?
4: Uh so we have we have Mr. Gary Woodda here, one of the few people in the entire world. Then this is a crazy thing one of the few people in the entire world that has ever written what will now be a Canon Star Wars yeah. movie. Yeah, and this is an incredible, an incredible thing, right? We are all, in some way, shape, or form, I think, a Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and that must be such a great, obviously, great honor. And, and as you were saying, you know, it's a great fear and responsibility that comes along with that too, because um, fear leads to hate, though. So don't, that, that's don't be, true. That's a good point. What does
3: hate lead to? The,
1: the no, fear leads anger. to anger and anger oh, leads, you're day,
4: right, and you're right. leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. No. Hate leads. I don't write there the movies. Is. I just watch them clearly. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know. We were talking about, you know, the stress of writing a Star Wars movie and doing right by it, especially, you know, and I think a lot of people are cognizant about that, especially with how divisive the, the prequels are to a lot of people. Um, and how sacred, I think, the original trilogy is to a lot of us, uh, New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. And so I was curious, uh, specifically for you, Gary, but also for everyone, because we've talked about Star Wars many times on the show, but not really in terms of a film-by-film basis. What do we think, and, and, and if there's an objective answer even, uh, and probably not, but what is the best... Star Wars movie, the essential Star Wars movie, and I think that for a lot of people, uh, me included, it's Empire. But w- what is what is your favorite Star Wars movie and why? Because I'm always interested in here. We always talk in platitudes. Sure. Oh, Empire is the best. Yeah. But why? You know, and why would maybe Jedi or New Hope not be as good as Empire? So, Gary, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about maybe what your favorite Star Wars movie is, you know, or you I, can just give us
2: intimate details about the one you just wrote. I would, I would hesitate to, to get into an argument <laughs> about what is the best. And you my favorite one is Empire. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and it's not a particularly controversial answer. It is, you know, it's a really good one. Um, and I think what I what's really interesting to me about the original Star Wars trilogy is that it tonally shifts so much from the first to the second film. I did a lot of reading about the original. Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Rinsler wrote these amazing books about the about the uh, making of the original trilogy and how the f- films were received when they first came out. And there was all this tremendous anticipation for Empire, but when it came out, it really threw a lot of people because it said, wait, this is suddenly much. Th- Look at the tone of the original Star Wars, which is really um, it's just fun. It's like camping places, it's just mm. like it's a, a, it's a save the princess. Yeah, story. it's a save the princess. You know, the farm boy saves the universe, and it's, it ends on like a tremendous <laughs> triumphant note. They all get their medals, apart from Chewie. Uh, and everyone Pop they don't recognize dogs. we didn't get a medal? No, no. Remember they How did, I did that at MTV. MP- they realized? did the MTV
4: Movie Awards like twenty years later. They, gave they him finally gave him a medal. Th- his medal
3: that just blew my mind. He's yeah. yeah. a person to he too, too tall? Tall? He's a pet, to and build. he and he did it. He, too he too did tall. as much. He did as much as anybody. It's, it's racism. racism. Lot.
4: It's straight up
0: racism. Doesn't get a medal. Alderon got what it deserved. Bunch of racists. Jesus.
2: So trying to see your point. It's it's a fun, fairly light-hearted movie that ends on a triumphant note, and then the Empire Strikes Back is a really dark movie that ends on a massive downer yeah. and uh, I think when it first came out a lot of people were really thrown by that and it's only over the years that the movie's come to be appreciated for what it is Like, you
3: know. yeah see that's that's what I think I liked most about it though is the characters seemed way more real in Empire and you empathize with them a lot more than you do in A New Hope where you're like they're going to win at the end of this movie we know they're going to win you're everything all signs point to they're getting those medals at the end except for I guess Chewbacca, who got just totally you never assed noticed out that, that. Now. No, I never did. I never. Yeah. Well, I, was, I had a huge crush on Princess Leia, so I was like, I was kind of looking at her. The is time. You too busy looking at Princess Leia. A little bit you know, she had those buns, the buns in her hair. Doesn't matter. It's the uh, same
0: thing as always. Like it's when you're doing a movie. I feel like, like this happens a lot with superhero stories. Like you're, when you, when we Spider Man's your Captain America's, the second one's better than the first. If we Like, the origin story has to build up and do so much stuff that I love jumping into the sequel where I know this character already. I already know their backstory. What's the adventure happening right now? They're already at the top of their game. What happens next to them?
2: Yeah, you have the luxury of, you know, having... Oftentimes, if you do, like, a TV pilot or an origin story movie, there's a certain amount of real estate you have to set aside just to Explained, set everyone yeah, up. And, right. and, and then when you do the second one, you get to hit the ground running with, the, with those characters that you already know um so i guess it kind of had that luxury but again it's fascinating to look at it like most sequels don't shift tonally very much like the second spider-man movie is totally much the same as the first right um, but Except empire is radically totally different to star wars and then return of the jedi kind of brings it back towards kinda the like middle, a middle a little bit like yeah. it's dark but it's also got a lot of fun moments and so yeah. it kind of goes it, it charts is kind of really interesting if you think of um The original trilogy is one big three-act movie, with Star Wars is Act One and Empire Act Two and *Solo* John Act Three. It actually kind of works as a story structure, like the Act One is you know kind of like you said the origin story, Mm. Act Two is typically where everything goes wrong for the characters, and and Act Three is where they kind of right the ship and bring it back around and resolution. Mm -hmm. So, and that's you know fairly basic you know story structure, and it works in each film, and it works over the course of the three films as well. Um, but it is my favorite uh, you know it's got all my favorite bits in it Battle of Hearth I think it's just fantastic yeah. Um, well that,
3: yeah that was so cool too because it was not like you pick up right after the old one left off right there was clearly time in between and you're on a whole different setting I mean it was a, those are bold choices back in the day especially for a franchise that you're like no one thought was going to be anything the new hope comes out it blows up you've got a
2: lot of pressure and it did a lot of things like it has it's interesting only when you go back and like really study them instead of just kind of watching them you realize mm-hmm. like things that change like Star Wars has the original Star Wars has tons of aliens in it, right? Loads of really interesting. It has a, has a cantina scene. This is nothing but like crazy aliens. Right. Empire Strikes Back has almost no aliens in it. Think about it. Where are the aliens in the Empire Wait, Strikes Back? Right.
4: Yeah, just the just the bounty hunters and they sleep they in one? one. What was the guy? Tonto? Tonto. 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 He was he was an alien.
3: That's or a, Lobot, he a and
2: He's like a guy. Oh, yeah, well, with like a, yeah, he's like an android. The, you have the okay. Ugnaughts, mm-hmm. the guys that are down in the scrap heap. You know, the Chewie has to go down and like get the C three PO his parts back from. Right. But apart from that, there are like you think again, typically. It, if they if if they were doing this today, go oh, the kids loved the aliens in Star Wars, let's make sure they have tons more in the next one. But they didn't do that. They just they just said this is the story that we think is the right next chapter. We don't feel like we have to check boxes and say, Well, let's put aliens in. Right. Um if I get are...
4: Ree in there
3: somewhere in the and I feel like now you'd be like they they'd come to you and say, You need to write fifteen types of aliens that can be incredibly expensive toys that we could sell to children. But I, then they probably didn't have that concept of that huge merchandising need. Well, I
2: think they probably did after the first one. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. George Lucas,
3: he knew all about Yeah,
4: George that. Lucas said, I, I we were just reading a thing on Colin and Greg Live, I think it was earlier this week, or maybe late last week, about for, about toys, to toys specifically characters. Toy, uh, how much money in the United States toys are grossing. You we're know, talking about Kenner and obviously Hasbro later on, about how George Lucas himself said, like, the money is in the toys. Like, I own Star Wars, but the toys are where is where... Yeah, it's one the of the many
2: money. ways in which I think George Lucas really kind of changed that world in that I think when again I don't remember the exact details but I think when he did the original deal to set up Star Wars as a film one of the things he wrote into the contract well okay you can have this and I'll do all these things you want me to do but like I retain the rights yeah, to any merch. merchandise and they went fine like yeah, sell some
3: t-shirts go and for
2: now it. of course and because of what happened merchandise is like the one thing that you absolutely cannot get right in a, in a contract because they know that, that again so nice it's that margins they know that's where, that's where the money ultimately is I,
4: like so, I'm wondering how you feel about this too, Nick. In a sense that I've thought about Empire pretty deeply lately because sure. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie a lot. A lot. Right. And a colon quote. Right. That yeah. is such a column quote. And and <laughs> I think what's special about Empire in my, in my mind, because I, you know, I I agree it's the darkest. I think it's the best written. I think the characters are the most interesting at this point. Is a New Hope was obviously Episode Four, but it was made I think under the auspices that it might be the only one. And so and so a New Hope is. Uh, You know, because I read Rinsler's books, too, or whatever, at least the first one. I don't know New Hope and Empire. I haven't read the one about Jedi yet. And they talk about, obviously, the tumultuous nature of getting the movie made. Um, And I think that... So when you have, uh, in A New Hope, you have the, the story. You have, like, a beginning and an end to the story. They kill Tarkin at the end, so they kill the bad guy. Vader goes... Um, you know his, his the Tie Fighter like flies off into, space, off into space, obviously space, to leave yeah. him alive in case you know. Obviously that the story demanded that or whatever, but it right. was it was a, a self contained story. And I think what's so special about Empire that, and even though it's obvious, I never really made the connection is that it can't exist on its own. You need you need the context of a New Hope and you need Jedi to finish the story. And I think that that's what's so special about it is that it exists simply as a bridge. And it's a really well written and a really super dark bridge. And I I agree with with Gary that. The Battle of Hoth is awesome. Like, the, the Snowspeeders and the Adats, the fact that, the, the, that there is time in between the End of a New Hope and the Destruction of the Death Star, the Rebels are still on the run. And it shows how weak they are. They're trying to hide. Right. And they're found by the, the probe droids, and then the Star Destroyers jump in, Piet goes down to the, you know, to the ground with the Adats, and they're trying to get the, the Rebels or whatever, and then you get...
2: To, Central the, General Veers who goes down.
4: Oh, Veers, I'm sorry, Veers. Sorry, I spent a year having. I, I was, was going how much research <laughs> did you have to do
3: for that? You got? They, do they just give you? They just drop off a giant encyclopedia and they're like, you need to memorize this or else we're gunned to the back of the head. I mean, before I, it I it
2: mean, out. even before I did like kind of the deep dive in in living with it for a long time, you know, I, 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 I way too much of my real mental real estate. to knowing Wikipedia, Wikipedia is a black hole. If you should you
4: choose to very go very much. Like, There's so. like DK books. Yeah, I, I used to buy. I used to have all those books when I was a kid. But anyway, I was just thinking about, like, from an act-to-act basis, it's just, it's dark, like, the Empire, like, and it's so, the story's clever, too, because, and we've talked about this before, I think Greg and I talked about it specifically, that why I love Empire as well, and towards the the middle and towards the end, when they hire the bounty hunters, is that the story splits into two, and that the, they're, like, they start using different characters in order to get the end goal, and they, and, like, the Empire works with, like, Gangster, basically, to get what they want, and they hire these bounty, six bounty hunters to, to basically bait Luke. You know, to get hot, Han- oh, to get hot, or whatever. So it's just like, I just love the the structure of the story and how dark and dismal it is. And I think that that is maybe the essence of why Empire is so special.
2: But think about how agonizing it must have been in 1980 when that film came out to get to the end. <laughs> and that and was like it. we and we live in a world now where in the world of like serialized television, like a cliffhanger, we're like, oh shit, I gotta wait until next week to see what happens. <laughs> so like, see on, you on Netflix in- until okay. it plays. Now, the now imagine this: you're seeing in a theater in 1980. Okay, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. What does that mean? Spoilers. Is that true? Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. He belongs to Jabba the Hutt. Everything's fucked up. See you in three years. My God. Like, I can't even imagine. It suck. That's um, insane. That's
3: awesome. Colin, to your point, though, I think, I mean, you know, bringing up Gary's other point, which is if you look at it like a three-act structure, I think anyone will I'll tell you the second act is always the most interesting in any story. That's when the characters are sort of really figuring stuff out. They're hit with all the conflict, and that's when they have most of their change. And I think that that's what we're seeing there. With the third act, everyone finds the most probably most entertaining because that's when the climax happens yeah. and all that stuff's happening. And that's when I grew up. When I was a kid, I always thought Jedi was the best. I was like, no, Jedi's the best movie. They win, yeah. right? It's not until you kind of develop a little bit more sensibilities as an adult that you go back and, and look at it and go, no, they had the most growth as characters in Empire and the most like the most messed up shit happened. Yeah, it's all, it's
2: also the most kind of spiritual of the three as well. Like all the stuff with Yoda where like, you know, in the first movie The Force is just kind of glossed over Well, it's his energy field and you can do stuff with it. And then it's right. in the second one that they actually start to kind of layer in the philosophy and Yoda's, the and Yoda's got all this amazing wisdom. People often forget as well. It's got one, because we just take for granted. It's got one of the great reveals in it, not just the I am your father. But imagine going back and watching that movie and not. I'd love to go back. I'd love to be able to, be able to Eternal Sunshine my knowledge, of *The Empire oh, Strikes Back*. Right. And go back and watch it for the first time, and have that moment because it works brilliantly, brilliantly well. You realize, oh, the little annoying swamp creature is actually the great Jedi the Master. You don't get Jedi Jedi that. You, you think you don't think anymore, but that played at the time as this incredible reveal. Like they did a good job of selling you that this is just this annoying little creature who's going to take you to some grand. You know, uh, Obi Wan like figure. And right. then you realize this is actually the guy. Yeah. It's really brilliant. It blows done. your
3: perception of everything. That yeah. It blew my perception of everything. Because you were set up, Obi Wan. They're like, <laughs> Obi Wan's a normal <laughs> human being, right? So you take with that what? Tim and I just had that moment. It blew your
0: perception of everything. Of everything. You walked well, yeah, out yeah. of the theater. You're
3: like, I don't even know what no, to
0: perceive one. Nothing, the sun. Will, ever, nothing will ever be the same. Sadly,
3: I definitely did not see that movie in the theater. Um, I wish I had. I don't think I think I saw Jedi in the theater, but I don't think I saw Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Um, that was either on beta or VHS. I'm not quite sure which one we had. Uh, but no, that was really cool, and that was really cool, and and very forward thinking of George Lucas to kind of go at it and say like, we're going to play with your perception of. What a hero should be, or the right. ma- the grand master should be, because you know you you always get to the grand master. Sure, if you're if you're looking at kung fu movies, for instance, the grand master's always an elderly old man, but he's still badass and he's right. still human size. You get to this, you get to Yoda, and you're absolutely right. You're like that's not that's not anything.
0: This muppet isn't the guy. Well,
3: all this all this all this dude's good for is he's gonna eat my little beef jerky that I brought with
4: him. Well, that's why it was so frustrating. You know, that's why Yoda was a special character too, and you almost forget because I almost I almost think of Yoda and Dagobah as a more of a. Return of the Jedi thing, forgetting that in Empire it's an instrumental part of the movie as well because we're glossing over Because you're really trying to get from Hoth to Cloud City, right? And to the Darth Vader reveal at the end and Boba Fett taking Han away to Jabba, right? Like, that's basically the arc. And there is this really important, like fil- like, like Gary was saying, this philosophical thing in Empire that makes it even more special, I think. It, it's... it's y- what was so frustrating to me about Yoda in, in the prequels was that he was... Why I hated that he used the lightsaber and all that kind of stuff I was like I I felt like he was supposed to be so powerful that he didn't even bother with them. You know what I mean? And that was like what was so he wasn't even about fighting. Like you did when he's weapon. training when he's training Luke. Calm. It's about it's about calmness and 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 spirit. Right. You know what I mean? And that was what was so special about Yoda. And That's movies. what I
2: loved about. It. I mean, my favorite moment in that whole movie is when uh, Luke tries to bring the X wing out of the swamp and he says, "I can't do it," and Yoda does it. And it's this magical moment you realize, wow, this little tiny little creature actually has all this incredible power, and you know Yoda says, "I don't believe it," and Yoda says, "That's that is why you fail." And like, as a ten-year-old kid, that's pretty it's a very simple philosophy. Like you can only do it if you really believe you can mm-hmm. do it. Um, but as a ten-year-old kid, I was going. That just blew. I was like a ten-year stoner going, "Man, that just blew my fucking mind." This guy like, just that, influenced my, me. Perception me. my perception of everything. That changed now, my perception of everything.
4: Changed my perception. I want to ask. I want to ask one more question before we, we can talk about the other films, but specifically with Empire, because Greg always busts balls about this specifically with Boba Fett, right? And that Boba Fett has become this cult. Here, I love Boba Fett, right? I love all the, I love Bosk and IG 88 and Forlum. For some reason, like, they're, you know, Dengar and Zuckus, like, for some reason, all those bounty hunters are just amazing Shout characters. Well, can, I characters
3: ask, you, can I ask, did you, like, were you fascinated by those characters because we didn't know much about Ex-
4: them? Yeah, I, I was fascinated by them because we didn't know anything about them until, you know, Tales of Java's Palace and all that kind of stuff told, So, the Tales of the Bounty Hunters told their stories, although that's sure. not canon anymore. Um, but it was also, there's something special about Boba Fett, specifically, right? We see Boba Fett, he barely talks. I love that scene as I said before they're in no Cloud City when dead. they're at Bespin and he and Darth Vader's at the table and he walks out next to Vader or whatever like and then he obviously like Greg always says he goes out like a bitch in Jedi or whatever. yeah right, right into the like, Starlight so I'm curious Gary like what you, you know what your interpretation is of Boba Fett why is why does he resonate so much with Star Wars fans like what he really he's an important character because he delivers Han to Jabba and that that starts that whole their return to Tatooine and stuff like that it's, yeah. it's, it's it's necessary but why like people love him. You know, for ba- he has basically like three minutes of of, of airtime. He's a badass. Yeah. Why do you think that is? And do you love him? Like, I think
2: I think it's I think it's just generally true as a character thing that we we find mysterious characters really compelling mm-hmm. and mystery is interesting and you know this this goes all the way back to uh, you know the man with no name and kind of you know kind of mythic characters where the point that the the, the idea that they're shrouded in mystery and you never really truly get to know who they are or what they're about or where they're coming from that's like because you want to know more yeah. and so it's that it's it, it's that desire to kind of fill in the blanks and like who is this guy like Boba Fett shows up and he's got this cool armor and it's like well this is like a badass dude like I want to know more about him mm-hmm. but the fact that they kind of keep you a little bit it's like oh, it, 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 it leaves you wanting more which is the which is of course the great you know, anytime you can do that and, and, and kind of just suggest and let audiences kind of fill in the blanks um, on their own I, I guarantee I'm sure most people walked out of The Empire Strikes Back Feeling like they knew more about Boba Fett than the movie actually showed you, because yeah. it suggested it just suggested this idea of this badass character that you and that just sets your imagination mm-hmm. running wild again. That, and that's true of like things like Man with No Name or Zatoichi, or like mm-hmm. kind of great, this kind of great mythic heroes. Who um, part of what's appealing about them is the fact that you, you can't get close to them, you don't know very much about them. Yeah, I felt like, that way about Jabba's little dude, Salacious Crumb? Yeah, Salacious Crumb. You just see
1: him,
3: you're like fucking the a Rain core Keeper. I think yeah. also. Boba, Boba Fett was set apart, though, right? Because he was the one that actually accomplished the job, too. So we got more screen time. And he was just, he was a badass. What do you want? No, I want And also, I, I, he had the, I think he also had the, the, uh, a lot more going for him with his character design as well. Because his armor was badass. Yeah, his ship, his ship was fucking cool looking. His too. Dope, like, flew, It flew the wrong way. You expected yeah. it to go like this. I had the, they, like, they the
2: it's never mentioned in the film, but I had like the large scale Boba Fett action figure when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. on the back of the box. There's like an annotated diagram of like this is this is his like repelling gun and this mm-hmm. is his like radar helmet thing and then there's a thing that says Wookiee scalps and you realize that the the kind of the braided hair things that he has in the film those are Wookie scalps. This guy scalped Wookies. That's so brutal. Like that's badass. That's badass.
3: <laughs> Wookies are not small as we learned in our previous discussion when you can't even put a medal on their heads. That's how tall they are, which I assume is the only reason why Chewbacca did not get a medal. Again, at the Leia end, was a
0: racist. First film. She did not recognize Wookiees. Down with Aldron.
3: As
4: well, being, he, he was probably real th- their, their their thought was probably like, we only have a few medals. This this Wookiee is here with Han because of a, a life dead Anyway, he well, a the, Would you give the medal? At the, the end, at the end, in the final, out, I wouldn't.
2: In the final shot of the movie, you know, they all turn around he and else. Chewie and like and you could interpret that, I guess, as like, "Where's my fucking medal?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's true. Hey, this isn't over. This is, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, son <laughs> of a bitch! God <laughs> damn it! Sorry, Chewie. Humans only.
3: Um... Obviously, in your experience with Star Wars as, as both a fan and as actually now contributing to the uh, uh, the canon, uh, did it occur to you, and you probably won't be able to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, uh, you know, the the newest Star Wars films weren't exactly perfectly received. You get the opportunity to sort of write a very... Yeah, I'm going to say wrong, but you get the opportunity to contribute in a positive way to the series. Was that something that kind of weighed on you? I, I
2: refer you to my previous answer right. about how I had a lot of fun working on the movie, <laughs> and I look forward to seeing when it comes out in December gotcha. of 2016. Gotcha.
0: Abomination. Available now on Ink Ships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't of I played doing that, but I thought it would have been too cheesy. No, don't worry.
0: For it's good you. when you do yeah, it, Yeah, don't worry. It you is. do cheesy things, right all time. Remember, hashtag, it, it touch my knee, Gary. Yeah, they oh, okay. were giving away the autograph. Yeah. Cap, yes, exactly. Remember? So, That's
1: Nick, what? earlier you were saying that Jedi was your favorite growing up. and when I, I was think a kid. When, yeah, when I was a kid, too. And I, I think up until recently. Oh, because the Ewoks? Definitely my favorite. Not because of the Ewoks, but because yep, of the yep. speeder bikes. And, uh, gotcha. uh, the opening scene of just fucking Luke being a badass. Like Luke is now finally a that was always badass. cool. That was always and cool. also Leia being a fucking badass. Like when she, you see that she's in the fucking the uh, who's armor outfit whose armor Bosch or Ray or Bausch, however you say his name. There you go. Like that's that was so cool to me. But it was definitely the speeder bikes that like.
2: And I will maintain this as well. Them. It's what th- more than thirty years old now. Return of the Jedi came out in nineteen eighty three. I still believe that the Battle of Endor is the greatest space battle that's ever been put in film. No one's ever beaten it. I don't yeah, know it's it's awesome. Yeah.
4: It's awesome too because the, the, like the second death stars there they're fighting and the things going on on the planet are actually consequential. So it's not just like a battle going on in space above a planet but like there's they are I like the the connection between what's going on in the ground. Yeah, all
2: of th- all three end. of those pieces at the end are connected. Each, what's happening on each each piece is affecting what's happening, or has implications of what's happening in the other pieces. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Like, it, I think Jedi's
4: really. Sp- I think some people are really tough on Jedi. I understand some people don't like the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. I think they were supposed to be Wookies, right? Originally, or, or, then they want that to be I like Kashik or the Wookiee planet, and I guess they went in a different direction and made Endor. I don't think. I think the Ewoks are kind of cool.
2: Like, I, I defend I, the. I get a lot of shit for it, but I defend the Ewoks. The ARCs are awesome. I was in love with the Ewoks. They're right? like,
4: like, I, I think they had the like funny teeth. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, they're like gorilla fighters, basically. Like, they, yeah, like they're they're, awesome. they're, pri- they're primitive and they they still try to hold their own against the ATSTs and stuff like that. I think it's, I think it's you know a cool story. I agree. Like, what was so disappointing about the ending of Empire towards Jedi when you see Luke with his green lightsaber and all this kind of stuff is that like what when we what happened and we obviously get that in Shadows of the Empire a little bit, but um, you know it, that was what was so cool about it. I agree too. Is like Luke is just different he's the man
3: in black you know like like yeah. he's
4: just totally different and i think that that's really open the door yeah like he like <laughs> he suddenly he has like a vibe like an obi-wan vibe suddenly mm-hmm. confidence right and he gets in there you know gets through the gate before tuna and all that kind of stuff gets there obviously yeah, leia hidden in the bounty hunter outfit lando's there it's like really it's like lando not even a little bit disguised i have no idea how they <laughs> haven't figured out who lando was uh yeah. so like it, i yeah Jabba's palace is really cool and even though Jabba was supposed to be in the first one and they mention him you know in in I guess an empire you know implicitly um there's no context to who he was he was a person obviously in a new hope when they filmed it um whether right. or not they were gonna replace it or not and then they put it back in the special editions but it's cool too because that was what our introduction to Jabba the Hutt, who's just, just gangster he's like a warlord badass and like so there's all of these unholy alliances basically going on to try to to progress the story, obviously, but there's everyone has different interests that are kind of conflicting with each other. So I, I, I think Empire is really cool too. I agree. The whole fight with Lando and Yum on the Falcon. Um Yeah, I mean that know, was. like Sorry, continue. no, i was just saying. i was just awesome. Like it's an. I agree with. I agree with guy 100. I think that space battle is really special. Um And next, next level compared to New Hopes too. Not only because the effects are a little bit better and it's a little more dense but because we we see more than Y-Wings and X-Wings now we see B-Wings and, and I love the B-Wing yeah and, and you uh, the, awesome was the they B-Wing is awesome was that the one had that had it was like a the B-Wing is the one ball? that looks like a cross like this yeah 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 um, and then you see like and the A-Wing was just the normal was the little snub yeah you have line, the A-Wings yeah. as well and then you yeah. have uh you know not only the TIE Fighters and you know TIE Bombers that were in Empire but you have TIE Interceptors and all this kind of stuff it's just cool it's just a much more dynamic Battle. I had yeah. this,
2: I had a blows my perception of everything moment recently when I was playing uh, an Xbox game and I was right in the middle of working on Star Wars. So everything was like, I kept seeing Star Wars and everything I was doing, even when I was like trying to switch off. And I remember l- looking down at my Xbox One controller and seeing the four buttons X, B, Y, and A. And I remember, fuck, those are the four kinds of rebel fighters. <laughs> X, B, Y, and A. And it blew, And I was like blowing yeah, my weird. mind was blown of for like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that's crazy. I did not realize that either. Yeah, I would have never thought of that. That's... That's super interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's Tim to answer your question originally. That was I actually do think though, going back and looking at how those three sort of battles are happening simultaneously, the importance of them is that each one of them plays a pivotal role in what's happening with the, plan, the overall yeah. story, right? And so that's that was really cool to me. Is if you look at it, it's it's basically it's it's a great textbook way of how to tell a team story, where like you've got other movies that don't do it so well. Um, and now, more than ever, it's really important. You've got X-Men, you've got Avengers, you've got all these movies that are coming out now that kind of figured it out, that they have to have each of their characters do something pivotal, otherwise it's boring. Yeah. And so, you know, one could argue that if they'd have just blown up the Death Star with Luke on it, it would have still had the same general effect, but we wouldn't have gotten the gratification of his storyline sort of wrapping up. But yeah, I mean, like, I remember watching X-Men, the original X-Men movie, and it was a good movie, but I remember thinking to myself, why didn't they figure out a slightly smarter way to split these characters up so that mm-hmm. they could have achieved sort of different parts of that common goal. Yeah. Like Star Wars did. Well, Days of Future Twenty Past did a lot of Days of better Past. job did, of that. They did, they did a better job. They That actually, I think, is a better mm-hmm. example of sort of how to take a badass character and not make him the focus. Just have him sort of be the vehicle. Which I, I thought they did a great job with. That. I don't know if you saw the film, but um, they took Wolverine as, and he was basically just moving the story along which i thought was kind of cool because you always think of wolverine as like okay if it's gonna it's gonna be about wolverine if he's in the movie he's the most dynamic character it's gonna be about him but it wasn't about him it wasn't really his story he was just sort of like the the vessel if you will to kind of tell that it story. only took
1: seven movies for it not to be about <laughs> i mean i i
3: love that and i love what they did with with uh wolverine as well the his standalone story um but, yeah, I loved Jedi when I was a kid because of that. Because they had those three planes of action that were happening. And they tried to do it, uh, a little bit with Phantom Menace. And it worked. I mean, they sort of had Annie flying around and they had Qui-Gon and all that happening. It just didn't, it didn't have the same panache. I don't think it had the same effect. Well, that was it the thing. The I best mean, in the story that,
1: either. for episode one... It- in, for Jedi when it would cut from one place to the other you'd be like oh no I don't want to leave that that part no it's, a,
2: it's a masterpiece of structure and editing and you realize all the pieces interlock you know mm-hmm. what's happening on the ground is they need to you know, blow up the bunkers so the shit will come down up in outer space yeah. and everything's happening against the backdrop of you know is Luke going to turn to the die all these pieces connect and, and again you can appreciate that but from my like, I've been doing this now for long enough as a writer where I see the movie but you also kind of see like the matrix behind mm-hmm. the movie and like all the, how all the moving parts connect and just how difficult it is to Make that work as a piece of like structure and editing and storytelling and making sure all the beats land in the right moment so that at the end of the, the end of the result is so satisfying. It's incredibly difficult to do. And I, Jedi gets a lot of shit, but I honestly think the, the third act of Jedi, that, that three piece structure of that amazing battle on the ground in space and with uh, uh, with Vader and mm-hmm. uh, Luke and the Emperor, is the best stuff in the whole trilogy. Yeah. It's incredibly yeah. well done. It's a masterpiece, right
3: there. Masterstroke is so. Yes. Yeah. A masterstroke it blew my perception of everything, of everything. wrap your head around it that blow people away every time you say i want
4: a, i want someone to make a picture for us uh, of, i want it to be a close-up of salacious crumb and i want to say it blew my perception of everything, everything. send <laughs> it at no
3: taxation or this at kind of funny vids on twitter shit that comes out of my mouth sometimes sorry about that
2: gary yeah what's your topic Oh, I have a topic. Yeah. Oh, I have to have a topic. Yeah. Oh, I brought stuff. Okay. I brought props. What did you bring? <laughs> you're, oh,
0: you're like the you're like the carrot top. All right, So Game listen. Um,
2: even though even though I've lived here for 20 years and my accent is a bit of a uh, is all gone weird. People think Ooh, I'm Australian. May, do I, I Make am a,
0: you feel at home, Governor.
2: Just don't. <laughs> I'm I'm originally from England, and as you know, I'm a big fan of your Oreo. Uh, oh, oration, kind of funny, yes. Is that the right way to pronounce mm-hmm. it? Orio, do you just go Oreo- Orioration or There is a there's a there's, there's, a, pause there. there's a hard stop there, yeah. Oreo oration. Yeah. Okay. Do you still do that? Yes. Have you that. Have you Aureation looked at the new Red Velvet? One? I have. So yeah, you, when changing. it, what's what's typically the time difference between a new Oreo coming out and you being on on the case? When the, the big ones are coming up, like Red Velvet. Do you Velvet? have a system in place for like knowing ahead of time? when I have contacts.
0: To I have contacts. Okay. I may or may not be on some mailing lists. I because sometimes some I barely. see one
2: in the store and I'm thinking I'll send it to you, but I'm thinking he he's got it already. Chances
0: out. are I already got okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's an ex- if something's not reviewed, it's just being excluded right now because the what happened recently that. Changed my perception of everything. Uh, Red Velvet, obviously, but before that was the Marshmallow Crispy and the Reese's Peanut Butter one. Right, right. When those came out, those were like events. Like that one I was ready for. <laughs> I got them early. <laughs> Oreo sent them to me so I could have my reviews prepped and primed right. for the embargoes or whatnot. Right, right. Same thing here, yeah. So,
2: How is the Red Velvet one? I'm curious. It's excellent. Yeah?
0: Excellent. Right. If you Highly had to be stranded
2: me. on a desert island with only one kind of Oreo, what yeah. would you pick? I
0: go with Barry. Berry? Really? Formerly Berry Burst. So now it's just Berry? Berry is a great everyday Oreo. It's a great, it's like, that's like your standby, that's what you have on tap, ready to go. I love the Marshmallow Crispy as well. I love, as you know, I had my first Oreo-gasm with the uh, white, the golden birthday cake Oreo.
2: But those are like... I think the, the, the birthday cake one's too sweet. Exactly.
0: exactly. That was what I was talking about. I had the Oreo chasm. I went blah, and I right. lost my mind. But you couldn't eat that every day. I, you, you have a few of no, those, and no. you put them away stuff. And Same you do. And you do want
2: or an Oreo. You can eat every day. Exactly. What about the classic? The I feel like down. classic is
0: classic's fine, but it's been improved upon. You know what I think is with that you know berries.
2: what I think is a, is yeah. a deeply underrated one because sure. it's like it's it's there, but it's not considered like an interesting one. But it is, and it's fantastically good. Is just the chocolate one, the plain Oreo mm. with the chocolate filling. Sure, You're sure, like, oh, sure, yeah, sure. I agree with that. That's good. But. This is all my 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 roundabout way of saying that as an English person, yeah, um, American chocolate is shit. That's my that's <laughs> damn. So what are you? What are you taking bold a shot words. at Oreo
0: still or are you? Saying, yes, Oreo's, Oreos as, Oreos Oreos
2: as cooked in the in the Great cookies- You get of cookies, the fuck out of here. If there Man. if if there was like a global ranking of cookies, Oreos would basically be the sawdust at the bottom that the ranking table was put on.
0: You clearly never had a Chips Ahoy, my friend.
2: Oh, no. What? Let's uh, oh, okay, like not bring chip Chips Ahoy. No, chips, chips Ahoy are also awful. My God! Oh, why? Well, I'm very Pat. excited for what might be coming. Now. So, part the, so part Garbage. of the reason why I'm I, I, I wanted to take yeah. this opportunity yeah. was to bring you some cookies, what we call biscuits, yeah. from. The UK, oh, okay, my okay, country okay. of birth, yeah. And you could do your own little oration oh, right sure. now on some different varieties, and I have enough for everyone. Okay, good. So, um, do you produce. have v- viewers in the UK? Yes, we do. Oi! I'll translate for you.
0: Oi there, Governor! She sure got some biscuits for you with your porridge.
2: I'm sure you. They must be loving that. <laughs> now <Nails> it. they <laughs> Nails really it. do. I they really that do that love and it. Drove Kes McDonald on IGN with that. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I brought some things for you to try. Okay. And there's some of them are my favorites and things that I grew up on and oh, great, okay. that people in the UK will recognize all of these brands and okay. things that you're about to try. So let me see, I've got my bag under here. So and before
3: before we move forward on this, can we take a break for five seconds? You want to take a pee? Yeah. A pee break? Yeah.
2: Okay. We can okay. do that. You got to pee? I actually if you're gonna pee, I'll pee. Alright, let's, all right, pee. let's take I mean a pee not break. like, you know, at the same time. We can, be, we can be together, it's fine. At the same time. We're gonna collaborate. So we'll come back. And we'll try these cookies. And we'll do the do biscuits. biscuits. Fantastic. Okay. All right. All right. Let me
0: get out of the way. All right, we're done peeing. We're back. We're back. Let's start eating biscuits.
2: Right, so as I said, Oreos, good in like a FEMA emergency ration type you of eat trick. <laughs> You eat them. You talked no, about I look, this. I, I'll be the first to admit that I eat a lot of shit, a lot of garbage. <laughs> but I, but at least I know that it's garbage. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not saying oh, Oreos are like the... A fine delicacy. I'm not delicacy. saying they're
0: a delicacy either. I'm saying there's yes, there's better. But you, comforts.
2: but you do eat. But you all sit and eat Oreos by choice as opposed I will, to any I will other will recreationally biscuits. use Oreos, right? And my wow. and my and my argument is that there are so many better things that you can be eating if you can, if you're going to eat like stuff that's not good for you. Eat just at this least is coming from the man. Stuff.
0: This is coming from Gary Witta who after up at noon, our former roommate Mike met Gary Whitta and was blown away to meet Gary Whitta in line at a KFC Taco
1: Bell. Oh, that's
2: right. <laughs> Don't come in here talking about your fine well, I I, to...
1: about that. What point are you trying to make here, Craig? Yeah.
2: That's garbage food. Mm. Listen, I, here, I, And I recognize it as garbage. All right. Show me what right, a better so here we go. So, I'm, so what I'm going to... Uh, UK um, uh, viewers, listeners, I think will yeah. recognize all of these. These are all classics. Okay. These are things that I grew up with and are kind of staples of... Like there are Oreos. There are our version. But you're rate. saying
0: they're way better than our Oreos.
2: I personally okay. prefer them to Oreos and you, you will you will orate <laughs> on on these. So let's okay. Let, okay, so
3: I'm excited about this. I haven't had chocolate in a while, so this is gonna be good for me.
2: Let's start with a classic. Okay. So, now I don't I I don't watch the show, so I don't know This show? No, no, no. I'm, don't worry. <laughs> of course i watch this show. Okay. Um I don't watch Dr Who oh, but okay. apparently Dr Who recently made these kind of popular because one of the recent doctors liked to snack on these because it's a very English thing. These but they've been around for decades. These are known as jammy dodgers. What
0: a great name.
2: And they're fantastic. Well, well, I'm going to hold them up like your book. hearts and stuff jammy I like dodgers. This.
3: I'm going to steal I'm going to take one of these each one of each of these for my wife because she's gonna, I'm sure, have had one of them and oh. love them. I'm
2: gonna leave. Once you're done, I'm just gonna leave these. You can do whatever you want with okay. the rest. So I'm at, cool. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <gasps> if you want to win one of these cookies and have it mailed to you, it's a bag. I will hashtag sign, hashtag I will sign these D-Gary. cookies and send them
2: to you. <laughs> All right, so here we go. This is a Jammy Dodger.
5: Damn, yeah,
0: that looks like a big ass motherfucker. <laughs> oh, okay, I see, I see. All right, thank mm. you for the Jammy Dodger. Is everyone
2: gonna partake here? Oh, yes. Yeah, All right, okay. There's a Jammy thank Dodger for you. you, one for jammy you. Dodger for everyone. And I'll, of course, not going to be left out.
5: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, just swish it around the palate a little bit. Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I like the jam filling. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I Chewy. feel like we have these. They're not we called have, jammy jammies. You have something though. similar.
2: I don't remember what it's called, though. Do you guys? There's kind of a raspberry-filled sandwich mm-hmm. cookie that you can get. It looks like a generic thing. Mm-hmm. Is what I, when I can't get jammy Dodgers, I'll get those. But mm-hmm. they're not the same.
3: I feel like the, those are the ones that come in that bundle of other cookies. You oh, know? like the... No. The, the tin?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck those tins. Am I wrong? Those tins, the tins are, are bad. Horrible. Yeah. I don't know if these are in that. Like pirouettes? These are similar, though. Like, Greg, what's like the best? Farm. It's good. Yeah? It's not
2: better than an Oreo.
0: Right, let's not, I mean, I'm good. gonna be very
2: interested to see if I can, if any of these are gonna.
0: I believe it. I Blow away I'm...
2: your perspective on Oreos. We'll see. I really we'll like see. it. You're a fan. I like it so much that I want more. You
1: like, well, like, I'm gonna leave. I'm
2: gonna leave the rest of the. You've got with a lot you. of stuff in that right bag. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm not pa- eating this. Pace yourself. Okay. It's okay. a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colin, what do you think?
4: It's good. I had the same memory of that I feel like the the jelly filled cookies. Like the that but thing. the buttery cookie with yeah. the jelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, this All is right. chewier than that. Let's try something else.
2: Thing. Let's try something else. Okay, okay. so pirouettes. The pepper This is a, this is another staple. This is a classic. Okay. This is the Cadbury's chocolate digestive. Okay. My wife what loves those. Now, why would you? That has the, a horrible name. The other di- one had such uh, no, a great first. Okay, so. For so, we don't name foods very well. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Jammy <laughs> Dodgers is amazing. <laughs> getting, a digestive. Is, the Jammy Dodgers? That's a great name. I, yes, Jammy Dodgers is fantastic. Um, a, di- a digestive biscuit sounds like something they would give you in hospital. Yeah, yeah. But the or digestive. Really bound up? It, it's essentially a, a graham cracker biscuit, but, oh, with, okay. but with chocolate on top. So I'll take that uh, one. Okay. And then you guys are free to. I'm excited about that. I'm gonna I'm, which... I'm gonna pass on this one because I don't eat chocolate. so oh, I, yeah, okay. Sorry. I hear a lot I, I, about. I, I apologize. Hear a lot about you may me. have to
4: pass on a few of these. That's, that's okay. Because so ca-
0: Cadbury's you. doing a whole bunch of interesting stuff over there. Here, not so much. They just make the eggs. But I know they got an Oreo Cadbury chocolate bar. Everybody tells me out from over. There. That oh,
3: one sneaks are, up on you. That's good.
2: And these are actual, not the bullshit Cadburys that's made that made under license from on Hershey here. This is these are actually important <laughs> from England.
3: These are legit.
1: I yep. like how he talks like Colin does about Long Island and how like things from New York where it's just like fuck everything else this is the shit y'all some fake motherfuckers Greg have that that one
2: sitting with you these are delicious thank I'm, you
0: I'm a big fan of chocolate covered graham crackers I like that this is softer than your normal graham cracker it's not quite cracker. a graham cracker exactly it's softer than your graham cracker but, anymore but it's the
2: closest analogue that I have for it it tastes more like a cracker because mm. it's a little savory it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy those are very moorish and if you like those you are going to love what I have for you in a moment. I like
3: this. <laughs> I'm excited That's about the next one. I'm not a
2: big fan of this one. Really? really? No, no, really? I like The it. first
1: one was a lot better. Kind
2: of contrarian view there mm, on the chocolate yeah. digestive. All right. What don't you like about it? This is too right well, It's got too much, too much of a okay. rye. Too much now, now, no, it tastes like crackers. these yeah. are not as well known, but okay. I grew up on these, and most English people do know them. these are called Viscount Biscuits, which is yeah, a very are, English... You
0: are really bad at naming food. Very,
2: very English. Lion's Biscuits
3: Viscount. They all sound like... um. Pharmaceuticals, like now, something that you would buy to like, ke- like keep from brain hemorrhage. These are
2: essentially yeah. minty, mint. They're minty chocolate. Oh, I cookies. fucking love mint. And I'm excited about these. They're very fancy because as you can see, they're individually wrapped. Individually so they're like the, they're like the poor man's it's like York peppermint, peppermint, peppermint patty. Colin, unfortunately, this is chocolate again. No, I don't okay. think they're I don't poor. Right, York peppermint it. patty doesn't come wrapped up like no. this. It, it, does it does when you buy them individually. This has also got like cookie, all right, biscuit in there as well, but like a mint flavor, and it's all wrapped in chocolate. I'm
1: getting ready for
2: this one. I think you're gonna like this one.
1: I do. Mm. I do.
2: Here's why. Mm.
3: All right. Now, nope. When mm. I
1: bite into a <laughs> Viscount
2: cookie. Viscount. Here's why. <laughs> <buy> in,
3: oh, <laughs> when, when I bite That's exactly how into- an
2: American would so say, y'all got some of them Viscount cookies?
3: Can I get one of the Viscounts? Here's why I like these. <laughs> Gary, I know that you're new to this country, so I will. I will... <laughs> <laughs> I will school you on uh, a small phenomenon that is currently happening right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have something similar to this? We I have something know similar to this, okay. but it only occurs once a year. And I'll give. Oh, girls- the Thin Mints? The Thin mint Girl Scout Cookie. Mm-hmm. Those things like a, are. so. like a fat mint, though. This it's is a fat <laughs> But it's yeah, you're but more it's, for your dollar. It's like they took the thin mint and just inflated it a little bit without adding more density, which I like. But is a lot lighter. Cookies, than. So that's
2: mm-hmm. like kind of two thin mints in one, but you get fewer well, No, that's what, of what I was saying. It, it feels lighter, so you can eat more of them. I actually prefer this. No, no, no. I want to make
0: sure I give the Because I'm trying to make, you know. When I bite into a lion's biscuit viscount cookie, I get the sensation I'm skiing
3: out of them. Oh my god! I'm bound up. I ate too much cheese. Try one of these Cadbury Digestives. <laughs> they're healthy. It'll make you shit your pants. Good
0: tasting and good. Greg, for what's you. the verdict
3: on the
2: on the viscount biscuit?
3: Those are amazing.
0: They're good. Yeah, they're nothing out of this world. I think thin Mint's right in there with you. I'm with them. Thicker mints. So mint, far, the like digestive lighter. is the only Di- thing
2: that you feel is up on the Oreo level. Is well, that what you're saying?
0: See, that's yeah. where we're getting. That's hard to say. I'll put that. I, I'll, I'll I put that on Oreo. <laughs> jolly Dodgers,
1: jo- jolly, not jolly, jolly Dodgers. That's the only
2: way you can make that name more English is to call them Jolly Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that was a legit f up. Jo- jolly Dod- <laughs> the jam- Dodgers. That, that's, Dodgers. That's just what they have to be called now.
0: Jammy Dodgers are sub Oreo. I think okay. both of these are above. Are Oreo. The, above Oreo. Yeah, they're a okay. higher quality.
2: Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to come in here
0: and be All right. foolish.
5: Okay.
2: Yeah, let's these, move, these let's are the expensive let's move, ones. On, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, we're going to make lo- three pounds of this one as well, because this is another, <laughs> yeah, this we is another great these. example of innovation in English biscuit naming. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> the reason why I brought these up now, these have all been done in a very specially curated order. You liked the chocolate digestive. Mm-hmm. What happened was several years ago in England, as a society, we basically said the chocolate, Cadbury's <laughs> chocolate digestive is fantastic. But how can we do better? Like, are we satisfied? Sure. Can we go to the next level? So it's like the double stuff for all of And we all, you know, the same way that we all got together to defeat Hitler in World War II, yeah. and, you Team know, work. we got through the Great Recession, and we do all that stuff. We pulled through, and we came up. We did, did what was basically thought of as the impossible. create a biscuit that is like a chocolate digestive, and yet superior to it. And it was done. And it's called... The hobnob. <laughs> 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 so this is a McV- the McVitties hobnobs. Now, <laughs> uh, these originally, so to do evolution, the original digestive didn't have the chocolate on top; it was just the graham cracker part. Sure. And then we added the chocolate. <coughs> Same with the hobnob. Originally, it was just the cracker part, the but, biscuit part, and then we the hob- added. It was the just chocolate the hob, and then
1: the knob came later. Now.
2: Yeah. So just to kind of prime you on this, this is like a chocolate digestive, but instead of the graham cracker, it's more of a oatmeal kind of oaty biscuit. Okay. But really, but more, I think, more substantial. Um, And I I don't know if this is a thing over here, but if you like to dunk, do you like to dunk your biscuits into your tea or your coffee? Yep. This is by far the most porous and absorbent kind of biscuit you can get. So it sucks up the tea or the coffee like a sponge yeah so that when you take a bite you really get that sensation as well i'm excited okay. about so these. i feel like i've i've, I've queued it up you're and talked up. Them
0: up and then the grab and go resealable yeah. so you can
2: actually reseal this give it i mean who's gonna i don't think i've ever actually resealed one of these packs. No, i was gonna say i was Goddamn.
0: gonna say once you pop the top on the McVities hobnob you, you just pop, can't stop you can't stop <laughs> so
2: i'm gonna take the first one i'll let you pass that around as you can see by the texture there
0: oh yeah i see, where you're going with this see what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah
3: okay so it's, like got more, be, more of an it's got the oatmeal, yeah, the oatmeal cookies. I'm excited for this one. Uh, yeah. Timmy, I think you're this... going to like this one. I think you're going to love it.
4: Now, I'm not totally convinced that you didn't just take a printer and put this this on a, a tin. <laughs> on a Pringles
2: bottle? Yeah. yeah. A Pringles castor? I, I should have on. brought one in and said, one of these I've made up. <laughs> can, you, <laughs> can you guess which one it is? The Jolly Dodger. <laughs>
3: Yeah, now these remind me of those uh, those mothers cookies that you get. You ever have those mm-hmm. the the, with, ones? with the frosting one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they're slightly more moist, which I like. That's my one yeah. uh, critique with those cookies that they're too they're too crisp, mm. it's too much. You have to dip those in milk, otherwise they're just
1: mm. not, they're. You know, as I said,
2: this was a result of trying to make improving the digestive. I don't think they've necessarily done that. I don't know if it's better. It's just different,
1: way different yeah. taste. I think it's too it's too similar to the digestive. I don't like this one either. I like this one. And when it's say I don't like it. I just don't love it. Yeah, like, yeah. Would I eat another? Yeah.
2: Yeah. What's been your favorite so far? The Jammy Dodger. The jammy I think you're Dodgers, the right? only one that thinks that, right? Jammy Dodger, dude. It's a,
0: he's a, from a different generation. Yeah. So the the, J- the Jolly Dodgers just been speaking to the younger kids.
2: I feel bad for J- calling like from the Jolly Dodgers. That's they're all chocolate.
3: No, don't don't feel bad. That's okay. These also remind me of those new the Thank the, you, the, the bars, the granola bars that are like the hard ones. They have to crack off. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. A little bit. It's
2: got a little yeah, that flavor yeah, too. Definitely. Okay, right, so. Uh, one more before we get into the final round. Uh-oh. Um, there is a bonus round. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Now, I'll say this. This, I think, if there's one biscuit, or cookie, as you colonials like to say. I love this biscuit business. That, that truly sums up the British character and is and is probably most synonymous with Englishness. Sure. And, you know, Bulldogs and Winston Churchill and Jerusalem and all of that good James stuff. James Bond, yeah. And James Bond. Yeah. Downton Abbey, and yeah, and Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. uh, it's this. Okay, you may have in fact had these because they are popular around the world, and they actually have spawned a brand of very popular imitators in the United States. But there's only one original, and it's known as the Jaffa Cake. Another McVities. McVities original. McVities pretty, pre- <laughs> pretty much own this market. Of what gu- weird gu- ass cookies! I guarantee what? you right now, as I was doing that very long little intro there, yeah. there were viewers everyone, everyone, in everyone the UK were going. It's got, ja- it's got to be Jaffa it's got to be Jaffa, Jaffa- right. Oh, he's going to bring out them Jaffa cakes, Kevin! <laughs> I love when no. he does the
3: voice, because it alienates
1: everyone. Well, every time he does it, Colin looks at the camera with, like, I'm sorry. So, like, he just has the look. When
0: like, I don't do it, people yell at me.
2: I, I think the only reason why they kept me around at Telltale is I used to bring these in with me. I think mm. I might have been fired from Telltale or if just, I hadn't kept bringing these in. Now, no, so this is kind of a spongy biscuit on the bottom. Mm-hmm. With an orangey, um, okay, so not a gin- jelly. I, I thought originally it was gonna be a ginger snap, and chocolate but it's on top. No, this, this this is my of all of these. This, this the if I'm if I'm doing the desert island thing, which of these do you want to be stranded on a desert island with? You're going Jaffa, 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 Jaffa. Jaffa. Oh, every time. Mm. I think these are sublime.
0: That now makes sense because it has the texture of an orange and then it has a little. It reminds
2: down there. me of the mac and
3: cheese. Yeah, box. I was about to say craft. It yeah. does look like the craft mac box. and cheese box for sure. So, One for you? Interesting. Yes. Now it's it smells oh, very oh, orange. Wow! I
0: wasn't expecting it.
1: It's orangey. Mm. It's
0: like, I imagine this is what it was like when Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. Wow.
1: He's like, whoa, That's not it. the texture I was expecting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the
3: texture's the first. There's a reason why I saved this one for last. Holy, time. wow. That's unique. Mm.
2: It's the spongy undercoat. Now, Greg, you're doing something very interesting, which is actually eating it upside down. See, yeah, I did the same which thing. Which many thing the people product. like to do, because you actually get a different texture experience mm. that way.
0: Mm. 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 Yeah, jaffa cakes are real good. Yeah. Jaffa
2: Cakes remind,
0: right now eating a Jaffa Cake, I, I now know, these have been around a long time. Um, oh, yeah. Snack Wells motherfucking ripped these people off on how their cookie texture Well, was. so
2: there is, there's a thing called Pims that they have these. I think they're called like orange sponge things or whatever. Mm. Um, And they're really, they're American clones. <laughs> so good They're at basically gray market ripoffs of Jaffa Cakes. Mm-hmm. I've tried them. They're all right. They'll do in a pinch, but they're not the original. Now have you See, tri- this is the only one I went back for a second one.
3: Have you tried the all chocolate snack wells because they have the same consistency interesting yeah but they're all chocolate they're more of a sponge cake too mm. does David a second question does David Jaffe know they they named That's what a I cookie thought, too. after him because he should <laughs> he be them re- yeah,
0: yeah he will be I'm sure he's already drawn it paper right
4: uh, I'm just curious real quick to, to jump in are these these sizes right these this size, the package sizes. sizing. Yeah, yeah. Is
2: this the standard
4: size when you go to buy? Cookies, yeah. So you
2: know when you get like, when you buy like chips Ahoy and they come in like a massive tray right. or like, Oreos. No, this is basically this. this I was gonna, gonna say. Oh, wow. You can get the jumbo size, but this is the standard size. I
4: was gonna say because that's how you know that they're not American, right? Because there's not enough for you to gain <laughs> five pounds. Oh, See, I mean, I'm
2: sure there is if you eat the whole packet, but yeah.
1: Because <laughs> my gut instinct, I thought that these were just. <laughs> the, I thought he the, bought them at the airport, the the like nice, the travel size, size Yeah, travel size. You're getting on a road trip. God
2: bless America. Okay. Now, there's a lot of uh, other things I would have liked to have brought, but my the ability the selection was limited. Um, that, that's it for the sweets round. I, oh, okay. Mm. So between the jammy dodgers and the, I would say the Viscounts are kind of more of a fringe thing, but jammy dodgers, the Digestives, the hobnobs, and particularly the jaffa cakes are kind of like the, the staples of English biscuit sure. re- biscuit based snacking. Okay. So and now you've now you've experienced them all.
0: I think like on a date, like like I'm talking about everyday Oreos, hobnobs would be an everyday cookie. Okay. Jaffa cakes would be Jaffa-gasm. Spe- special occasion. But but
2: yeah, they're they're not cookies,
1: though, Greg. They're Odie Knobbly Biscuits. Odie Knobbly? <laughs> See, now this Odie this makes space, sense to me. because Space Space Biscuits. Knobbly is the best adjective I think I've ever heard in
3: my life. When I think biscuit, I do think about something that could potentially be sweet and savory at the same time. So tasting these now, it kind of... I've always heard that that, that term thrown around in the UK.
2: I mean I could have called them cookies if that had kind of helped you psychologically, but no, but
3: that but that makes more sense because it's a different taste in a (laughs) You're making
2: us understand your people. It's it's like I said, These are the ways of my people. It's
3: there's a lot more complexity to these cookies than I would have originally imagined. With American cookies, it's literally how much sugar can we cram in one small square inch. And then how, and how many much, of those can we put in one pack? Yeah, can there be five rows of them and yeah. can one day, God bless when we put out them. this product, can a big guy named Greg Miller review them for yeah. us and make just a complete mockery of it? Yeah. Um,
4: it, I was just going to say, it's just hard to believe that we have a better understanding of the UK now than we did considering Greg's deep understanding of british culture yeah mm. well no but um, that
3: only that only uh goes as far as the dialect um, which he is a master of right i heard that well,
0: once you have the dialect you can say whatever you want about the country to make sense and that makes sense oh i can england sure was a pretty place in eighteen hundred oh, tell you what we sure did have some bricks and you're like oh bricks in the eighteen hundred they did sense. they probably yeah.
3: didn't make a lot of that's where <laughs> they get that's where they get the
2: shorthand of brits you're making gary cringe <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, it's just I got a migraine coming on. It's fine. Um, so that's so that's that. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed them, Greg. Did you have an overall favorite?
0: Hobnobs is an everyday cookie, right? Jaffa cakes when I'm when I'm feeling, so actually, when, I, when I have company over. Okay,
3: what was your favorite? I'm going with, Is it pronounced viscount? Viscount. Yeah, I'm going with you the like Viscount. You like viscount? I love those. Those are those blew, blew me away. I'm sticking with the Jamie Dodgers, man.
2: And, and by default, jammy <laughs> dodgy. Just one out of one, yeah. But the, I like the jammy Dodd. I like the I like the jelly in, in a biscuit. Well, I'm glad there wasn't. I'm glad like if you'd have rejected the jaffa cakes, I would have been appalled. Like you just yeah, you. Never like speak to us again. That'd be like rejecting my entire culture. Mm.
3: They they are unique. I don't know that I would if I saw those on a plate, I would definitely go in for a couple other ones. And the irony
2: is right? actually, like I said if you go if you walk into like a like a Safeway or whatever, mm-hmm. this the jaffa cake is the one you can actually find the closest closest analog for in the United States. What do they call it? They're called pims.
0: Oh, you said that. I'm sorry. Uh,
2: but about they're that. not... Pim's actually does a whole range of cookies, but those, like, orangey sponge cookies... Gotcha. They have a, a version of those. Okay. I can't remember what they call them. But they're not... Like, again, it's like methadone. Right. right. So you, you want heroin. The, yeah. You want you, you right. want the actual heroin, yeah. But yeah. if you can't get it, the methadone will scratch <laughs> you. Whatever. Yeah, Whatever. Right now, that. as a special bonus round... Yeah. Oh, and We kind of did this wrong. These are things that I am proud to say are British. Sure. And I happily like if an alien race landed and said show me the worth of your culture why should we spare you these are the things I would show them you just hold um, the Jaffa cake. what I would ask them what I would deliberately be like trying to not show them because uh-huh. it probably would result in the destruction of our species is what a, a food item that England is more notorious for infamous for fish and so, chips <laughs> this is called and I've reached it got it down here this is called a pot noodle uh oh Uh-oh. Wow.
1: I didn't even- You I are going to
2: try this, Greg. Of course. You've, you're a now, guest in my home. Now, a pot noodle- <laughs> It looks is like- basically- You have the cup noodles, right? The ramen- noodle. Cup noodles, <laughs> noodles yeah. and You pour the hot water in, mm-hmm. and you yeah. put a little p- flavor packet, and you mush them up, and you eat them. So, a pot noodle is basically what you would get if you subjected that to gamma radiation. Okay. <laughs> You, you really
3: You're intrigued these. now, aren't you?
2: I no, I don't
0: you. want any of this. <laughs> this is what I regret bringing this you on is, this
2: show. This is, this is the default. This is the basic flavor. And I've got another one for you as well, which is more, more advanced. If you pass this test, we will be able to proceed to the next level. Okay. Oh, if man. you fail here, you will not be able to proceed to the next level. Okay. Can anyone so, else exp- go to the level? People... Oh, people oh, call, pre-
0: yeah, let Colin eat some of this Cohen, stuff. Colin, you missed
2: out on most of the cookies. So this is a chicken and mushroom noodles, no, pot chicken, chicken and noodles, and know, huh? noodles corn, peas in a in a chicken and mushroom style sauce.
3: Now, I don't know how much you know about Colin, but Colin eats some pretty weird stuff. Okay. Oh, there he goes. Uh, he's, in, he's
2: in,
0: he's in, he's in,
3: he's in.
4: This is great.
2: <laughs> 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 That's
3: probably not eliciting the response that you thought you would get.
2: From well, what's interesting is back in the days when I used to hang out with the guys at Giant Bomb, yeah. I brought this in because Jeff Gersman and Ryan Davis used to eat all kinds of disgusting right. things. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, well, if you like disgusting things, let me bring you... My disgusting thing, and I brought them a pot noodle, and they both rejected it. And Gerstmann, in particular, is known for eating a you know, nearly anything. Yeah. Um, mostly kind of like junky type food, uh, and I respect that. I admire that. I like it too. It yeah, uh, I think it's totally. I but think they it's both totally rejected fun. this, which made me think that a pot noodle was kind of like a bridge too far no. in it's English just, cuisine. It's
0: just one of those things. I don't even eat the cup of noodle. I've gone on the cup of noodles tour in Japan, where you make your own, you do all that stuff. But I've never actually you know eaten what? a cup of noodle. It just grosses me Fuck out. Fuck it, it is good
3: i take it back <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm saying like when I was in college oh, i when I was in college I used to live off of Cup of Noodles I li- you'd go to Costco and you'd buy like the 40 pack mm-hmm. and you just that would See, be like I have a, a thing against them I I
1: hate really? I hate the American Cup of Noodles but this, this don't turn like your like back on your country no, I no, this it's is like more substantial than typical yeah, like
2: ramen Cup of Noodles no, I,
3: I, I, I mean I, I, like, I it. like it it tastes kind of like a Cool Ranch Dorito and I'm into, oh my I'm God. into that it kind of <laughs> does I'm into that no I, I like it Greg you, you gotta try it. do it Craig, you're the last really, man you're the last man to eat but with the fork I don't, don't like
0: soup like I don't you know what I it's mean not, it's, it's, not soup. Soup. it's, it's liquids and solids mixing everyone the liquid is gonna, gonna so run weird. off of the fork it and you're
3: just gonna eat the noodles it actually tastes more like pasta a little, come, it yeah, like get a
0: real bowl for come God God's sake! sake. on. No, the corn is in it too. I hate corn. This is oh, that, oh God. That, that comes out like of your child. we well, get post. to that. You have
2: to, you have to pass the level. You have to pass to the next level. This is a feast we have <laughs> <laughs> on our table yeah. right now. It's a smorgasbord. board. It's a smorgasbord. board. Oh, you're crazy! It's not good. Not a
4: fan. <laughs> really? I, I mean, I'm eating it because I'm I was a legit big fan of Maruchan creamy chicken ramen. Right. That shit's really good. Like I used to. I didn't grow up impoverished at all. I just just be like, Dad, he'd be like, what do you want for the supermarket? Like, can you just get like a case of the Maruchan creamy chicken? Yeah. And then the creamy chicken started being difficult to find. I think this is totally fine. these
2: these have a reputation in England for being like, you know, you, you 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 don't want to be seen eating these in public. Okay. Um. But and I haven't had one for many years. But the reality is, you know, what It didn't taste too bad. Yeah. yeah it's not terrible. All right. So you failed. Everyone You're else out. has succeeded, which means you can now advance to the next level. All right. I'm excited. So much about like this. with the digestive. And the Hobnob, where they said, how do we, this is, people love this. It's very popular, but how do we improve? How do we take it to the next level? So they have various flavors of this, the chicken and mushroom being just mm-hmm. one of many. But they introduced a new range recently, which is kind of like pot noodle extreme. All right. And I'm going to bring that one up now.
3: Okay, because in America, we would have just said, how do we improve in this? And then we would take put the chicken it. out and we'd put This is the pot noodle. It. Now, as
2: you oh, know. it comes oh. in a black too. Yes, because that's how you know it's extreme. It comes in a black. version. It comes in a black. Uh, Cup. Okay. Now, as you know, well, you may or may may not know this, but in England, Indian food is as popular there as Chinese food is here. It's very, very popular. We love Indian food. Um, And so there's a lot of dishes that are flavored like Indian food. I see the word curry written on it. This is the Bombay bad boy. Oh. Yes. Shit. Oh, this is exciting. whoever's naming
3: this needs to go over to McVitie's (laughs) and work there and work up their What about the Viacount cakes?
2: (laughs) Now... What I've also done is this comes with a packet of chili sauce that you can add okay. to your liking to spice it up further. Mm-hmm. And I put it all in. Okay, great. Because you great. want the full experience. Yeah, I'll be the first battle. to go. I'm
3: in. going to the gym later, so I'm sure this will be... You say fun. that every time and you never do. No, you no just I end up do. watching horrible movies.
2: That's true. This has got more, more of a kick to it. I watched
3: oh, okay. Hard to Kill the other night. Love that film. Steven Scott classic. Kelly LeBrock. This
4: is This is fantastic. <laughs> Really again,
3: go. again. Let me preface for everyone that's not in the United States watching. Colin, Colin eats a pound of mayonnaise a day, so his his he's taste. Toned, he's toned it down. His taste. Uh, yeah, you should have seen the burger. It, honestly, yeah. I
2: was. was, I, you know, was that I want this here. Sorry, what was, that <laughs> that that was that me it I grocery? you out? I made me proud. I forgot. If you're they had genuinely mayonnaise. interested, I can give you the down low on, on, on the on the on the import shop where I got these from. they just not. Oh, far these from aren't even
0: these aren't even from across the pond. Well, you can tell because I brought
2: back a bunch of stuff from my recent trip to England, but I ate it all. So I had to go into the English yeah. shop, the secret English shop where they sell you this stuff under the counter. Oh wow, this stuff's good, man! I'm telling I like you, I like this. I like this one even more. You see, all I tasted is spice on that. I just the, spice the spice
4: kicks later to me. Like it came yeah. when I had already handed but it. I might it have gotten off. a big. I'm I just like how it. you may have gotten a particularly chili sauce got,
2: flavored bite. Yeah,
0: let me go. You got sauce, okay.
3: bro,
4: Greg. You're definitely not.
2: Greg, you know mess. you have to play. I'm not eating it. You you do mm-hmm. have to play this out.
0: Yeah, you no, can't go You told
2: me far. I wasn't
0: allowed
3: into the endgame. Yeah. But I'm, you know, know. what,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a cheat code Okay. That allows you to progress <laughs> to the final level.
3: I love the way this sounds. Can you- yeah. yeah. There you go, Greg. I mixed it up for you. Sounds cute. I love that on it
1: it says it's not rocket science. Rip off lid. Whip out the sachet. <laughs> what the fuck's a sachet? It's a sachet! <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> a sachet. I'm, pl- I'm pl-
2: try I'm to extend your pinky finger when you're holding it. Yeah, your oh, you're right, you're right,
1: you're right. Okay, you're right. there you go. Stir. And then stir again. <laughs> Those are the two <laughs> steps.
2: The grab for Here goes Greg with the Bombay bad boy.
0: I like the spice. You and like the that better from the terrible noodles? <laughs> and <laughs> and the
4: I, I don't think this is. Well, a you, guy. Know, I don't you, think know, you know, being on it.
2: you know the the, the 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 notion of spicy food in hot countries came from the idea that they would add uh, seasoning and hot spices to disguise the flavor of meat that had gone bad in the in the hot weather. Mm-hmm. Like George Costanza's dad. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that it comes in, like, a, a really substantial plastic cup. Yeah, like, you, like yeah. if you were my grandma, you, like would, the, you would take the lid off yeah. and reuse
4: that. And, and you can actually, like, you know, you can rinse it out and keep <laughs> pens
3: in it.
2: Yeah, like, exactly. it's, you know, Oh, a pen cup. 20, old 20, 20 exactly years, whatever what you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I actually feel bad now <laughs> chalking down the pot noodle, because you know what? Pretty, I think it's actually pretty damn good. It's a damn good noodle. That was a great way to end, end the taste test. Today. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So even you at the last there kind of came back around a little bit. On oh, I problem. would never fucking eat this. You <laughs> would. I would. Ne- I would bomb the grocery store that I've sold that. But my god. I mean,
0: it's just my own my own problems, my own phobias.
1: Okay. Of, of wet. Food. Well, maybe next oh time,
2: god. if I if I come back again, maybe I'll bring another selection of things. Just will bringing more noodles. So this tells you how
1: much energy that it can <clears> you. Yeah. Yeah like it's, there's like a, a fat level saturates level sugars level yeah the nutrition level, facts on, Eng, on english food they products do work calories, differently yeah. it's just energy yeah well, that's what yeah. calories it's out.
2: calories man
3: yeah. i love people that's awesome it's it's measured in calories but it's just called
1: energy. it's just they different it's energy. like oh it's not like calories it's energy so that pot,
2: just so you want know, so that is 433 calories 16 grams of fat uh eight grams of saturated fat four grams of sugar and two grams of salt. So I all in all, it. really, damn good, pretty damn nutritious. Yes, exactly. <laughs> today was I a don't good. Know if that's what like. you want to read. Information, rocket, rocket science. In. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, you tried. You your horizons today. I did something all right. I did something.
0: <laughs> we'll see how it pays off. And I'm, the I'm happy
2: to leave all of this. The cookies for sure. <laughs> Excuse Bless me. me. Bless Bless I'll me. leave. I'll leave the. Um, the uh, remainder of the cookies here for mm-hmm. you to enjoy at your leisure. You
0: can take the pot of noodles with you. These too. are bad. These I may mean, just
2: 46 eat them calories. Oh, Forty-six calories in these. That's not terrible. The Java cakes. Well, yeah, if you eat one of
3: them, but that's you never going to happen. in the entire packet's probably like four thousand, <laughs> but that's okay. It's Not bad. It's per. That's per hundred gram. I don't know how you measure things by per hundred grams. I'm like, well, this is fifty grams. The one, two, know. three
0: for healthy balance. One, eat healthily. Two, keep active. Three, enjoy the taste. Wow. I
3: don't know if three is necessarily recommended by the. Uh, WFDA. <laughs> they have
2: no. it in England. They've 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 got a lot more, and I wish they would do it here as well. They've got much more strict about um, the way that they label the nutrition. They have in, they have in the UK now. Or they're just trying to reduce it. I've seen it on a bunch of products. What they call a traffic light system, which is just very simple. If it's green, it's healthy. If it's yellow, yeah. If it's red, That's cool. probably shouldn't be eating it. Right. And has it made a difference in what people consume? I doubt it. But they're trying to make it easier for people mm. to kind of make sensible choices. I hope they
3: never have to implement that here, because ta- every Taco Bell would be painted red I don't inside. really understand the point <laughs> of it. Like, are you
2: really going to pick up a box of Jaffa Cakes and go, oh, wait, these aren't good for me? They've got I oranges should, in them. They, I, I, they seem like they would be until I saw the red light. <laughs> now, now I should probably put them back.
3: Yeah, I'll go for carrots instead. Those those are orange, so that's some sort of combination. They'd probably of be green. Red. They would be green. How do you put a sticker a joke, on this? About the color. Yeah, it was a shitty joke yeah, to begin right. with, sorry. it's been long in the day.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of the Game Over, Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, go support us on patreon.com slash kindoffunny. You get the episodes early each and every Friday. If you don't have any money to give us, no big deal. You go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny. You get it topic by topic, day by day, until the entire episode posts for free on Friday on MP3 services and video services like
2: YouTube. Yes. Is the word dwell? Yes! Fuck! Yeah, got it. That's damn awesome. It. Fuck yeah! Now, uh, I totally uh, that. did you did you go away and Google it during one of the no. breaks? Okay, no, 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 right. no. I just
1: I saw him react. Yeah, and I thought I screwed up you, something. You said I don't know what you said, but something just hit.
2: Yes, correct. Yeah, dwarf, dwindle, and dwell. I was, what the, was three, the other one. Dwindle, dwell, and dwell. Dwindle and dwarf are the three words dwindle. in English. I had written them down dwell. on my
0: little notepad, trying to fill it in. God damn it! Very I want to get that. very well done,
1: Jesus. Uh don't dwell on it, guys. Ah. it'll dwindle away.
2: Get How about this one? What's the only word in the English language that has three instances of the same letter being repeated twice, three times in a row? Mississippi. Proper noun. <laughs> it is a proper noun. I didn't even know if I understood that question. Okay, uh, so, so two, one more time. two of one letter right. followed immediately by two of another letter followed immediately by two of another letter all in the same word without any breaks D-d-d. in between. Uh, Hard
3: part. Uh, tatanka, which is the uh, Cherokee word for bull as we learned so not an English word so not a buffalo? <laughs> yeah.
0: now I know that <laughs> that's, that's I want you to know that I know that it means Buffalo go. from the WWE song on the album based on wrestlers where Tataka had his own
2: song yeah, yeah. that's where you get your Native American it's right it's right all my information, information. Right all from from the World Wrestling Federation. Right. what is, what is what <laughs> now is, I want to know yeah what, yeah, what is it what? bookkeeper bookkeeper uh, interesting double O double K double E wow
0: we keep learning things today.
1: Yeah, what word is spelled S T O P? Is there a hidden message there? What do you do, What do you do at a traffic light that's stop. green? Go. Go. Damn it! I fucked up. Hey, you screwed <laughs> up. You gotta You gotta do it. Are you do going do? somewhere do you, with that. It yeah, was supposed to be. What do you do at a green light? And then you you also say stop because you were just thinking stop. Uh. I fucked up. I
0: fucked up,
2: guys. Oh, I see. It I fucked happens up.
0: This is the pure one. Gary, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank movie, you for guys. having know, me. You. Your book, Abomination, is buried under biscuits right now. It's buried Jamming under biscuits, Dodgers. but we do have a Good copy
2: that be. you guys are going to give away. You can go to Inkshares.com. I-N-K-S-H-A-R-E-S. The book is fully funded, but you can still get a signed copy. All right. If you go there. And you get a digital copy, an e-book, thrown in for free. Whoa. By Grabthar's Hammer. What a savings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, don't forget to sign that one before you leave we're Absolutely giving it away. in the comments hashtag touch my knee Gary we'll randomly pick somebody basically if you put any hashtag we're going to pick it because I, I don't know if I haven't changed the hashtag I think throughout you this did. episode I'm pretty why shredded. is he
1: touching your knee now
0: uh, that's I think the audience I thought it was like a call from the comments that they wanted touch my knee Gary I know it ended in Gary what do you think it was G- touched my knee Gary Like, yeah, come on Tim get, a, get real
1: hashtag touched by an angel whoever does that's going to win for sure
0: yeah. Uh, you can go... So let's run down more of your plugs. Abomination, Inkshaves.com.
2: Yes, yes. right now you can go get that. Oliver, coming from Image That's Comics. That's coming from Image Comics sometime in the summer. I think at Comic-Con we'll probably do something.
0: This independent Star Wars film you worked on. Yes. It's a- coming next year. Next December... Yes, December 2016 you'll be able to go see that. What What promotion can we say about the, the other show that I did? Oh, well,
2: it? yes, because you and I collaborated on a project recently. Right? Yeah. Um, what can we say about that, though? So... Um, <laughs> So I came up with it. I'm not allowed to say it yet, but soon. Yes. Um, actually, I'm, I'm the executive producer. I'm going say whatever the fuck I I was like, going to say I'm choosing not. I was choosing it. not to say it. Um, so I came up with an idea for a web comedy show, uh-huh. which uh, we desperately... The idea for it was so weak that the only way to salvage it was by having like really top-tier talent. So, of course, I called Miller and said, come and in. Said all like, the top-tier talent. Come in and save this train no wreck the, the phone. And you came in and... Um, it was interesting because I wasn't there the day that you filmed your bits. Yeah, because I busted my ankle, and but I, t- I remember texting you saying, "How did it go?" And you wrote back to me, "I was by far the best thing on the show." That's true, which I'm you know perfectly willing to believe.
3: Yeah, he says.
2: Look for that show about soon. Everything. I'll be very. About it. We'll yeah, talk there'll, about there'll it be here. some. I think it's South by Southwest, so about a month from now, mm-hmm. that the first episode of that is going to be debuting, and there is it's not you. Because we've already said that there is a cameo episode in the a cameo appearance in for, in the first episode, which is absolutely astonishing. I know it, it is going to tear the internet apart when people see what what we have. You know what it is. Yeah, but you have to be quiet about it.
0: I'm not going to say anything. Okay. I'm not the executive. But it,
2: it's it's cool, right? Yeah, it's real cool. Okay, good. All right, cool. that's it. Gary, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you. I'm, I love it. I'll come
0: back anytime. Oh, thank you, boys. Thank you for your time. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our
3: pleasure to serve you. Was that Galaxy Quest? Did you make a Galaxy Quest? Yeah, Galaxy Quest. That was amazing. Thank you. That took me a second. (laughs)